record too late. I lost my podcast magic. Like I had like I was ready to like just spit some podcast gold out. Some podcast gold. And you were like, hang on a minute, and I lost it. So I'm now not, they're gonna have to settle I'm for not Jamie. We're, the, now the listeners are gonna have to settle for like what I normally do, which is dial it in <laughs> or phone it in. See, I can't even say phone it in. I say dial it in. Dial it in. Because dialing it in is actually good, but phoning in it is bad. Yeah. Okay. Wait. What if you're really good at phone phoning in? Then it would be a good way to do it. And then you just got up and left. <laughs> 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 he says, screw it, I'm done. He's like, why do I do this? I'm leaving. I quit. <laughs> you hear, I could have played two games of disc golf before we got here. Yeah, I was saying before we started recording, it's ironic that the day the con started at 10, we were here early. The day it started at 12, we were late. Well, I had technical difficulties. Yeah, we'll, we'll say that that's the only reason. Has nothing to do with a bottle of Jameson. Hey, remember we talked about the guy doing Witcher? Yeah, There's Witcher. Than Henry Calvary, but a little bit. He looks good nonetheless. It's a good looking outfit. Costume. So we're back, day two, two blow con. Yeah. We're sitting here. Sitting here. We're looking around. We're talking. Just drinking it all in. Drink. Oh, you it seems like a lot truck. more Hold people on. here for a Sunday. <laughs> Hair of the dog. What did you say you stayed up watching last night? Uh, the hunters, the hunters. Oh yeah, you told me about that. You told it's, me about that it's good. It's really good. You need to use that beard oil. I got you. You got a little bit of a wave going on. I did. I, I put some. Um, the beard oil was just for scent. It's not the style. Well, if you get the hair dryer yeah. and you put the oil in your hair and you brush it. I like how you just dry. told me on air my beard will like shit. No, you just got a little wave in it. Mine does uh, that. But, uh, there goes the our uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can hear the sound of people. I mean. The sound of people hitting stop on their iPhones. <laughs> you can already hear it. It's not even done now yet. Now I'm off their conscious. <laughs> I'm just going to shave the shit off. Dude, look. I've got the same thing. <laughs> it's it's the, in the exact same spot. It, it, just, it does that wave. Yeah. But if you, if you use oil and brush it with uh, air dryer and brush I, it with uh, I actually have to use the round one and like curl it backwards. I put some styling gel in there yesterday. Now, today I just put some bedhead in. It's actually called bedhead for beards. Oh, I thought you were being. No. It's called. Oh. Uh, well, I think I got it figured out. Y'all can grow these, like, epic beards. I can grow, like, really good hair. Anthony, you can Used still to. grow really good hair. No, not anymore. Oh, can you not? No. It won't grow out anymore. Well, see, there we go. So That's what why I can't grow beards. did not cut your hair at all? It would grow out on the sides. It would look like mine. It would grow out on the sides. It don't grow on the It's okay. You can say it. I know I'm bald. It don't grow out on top anymore at all. Mine doesn't grow on this big bald spot I've got. <laughs> yeah, you do. Oh, you got like I guess the five head going on. Oh, six and a half head. You got the six head. Yeah, yeah. It's not that bad though. The way you style it, you can't really tell. Nah, it's okay. But I had a big forehead even when I had hair. So. Yeah. Caitlin used to tell me she's like, you need to quit wearing a hat all the time because you're gonna go bald. I said, Caitlin, I'm wearing a hat because I went bald. You just it's shave it. Too late. Just shave it. I'm going to. Just rock the beard. No, you're not. I've been saying. I know. I've been saying that forever, but I. I'm you not, told us whenever you hit 40, you was gonna shave it. I know, and I'm fixing to be 44. And you need if if you're gonna keep the hat, you need to get a, a one plant house uh, newsboy hats. You got one of them. What is that? Uh, you know, one like Clint wears. 
You know, I've tried every kind of hat there is because my the thing was I was like, I can't always wear a baseball cap. That's what I'm saying. Like if you go to a wedding or a funeral or something, yeah. you need like I need like a quote unquote dress hat. You need to get you a Kanga hat. So I, I, like I went and bought me a. <laughs> you get a fedora. Or something? Why was I going to say bidet instead of fedora? <laughs> no idea. No. I idea. bought a thing to wash your ass and put it on my head. Is that called a newsboy hat? There's another name for it. The, the, but yeah, those are cool hats. I don't know. They don't. No, no hat looks good on me. I've tried every kind. Get you a top hat. Yeah. That's, that's, okay, that's the only one I haven't tried, but <laughs> I really don't think I have to. Or a, bowl, look, a bowler's hat. I look pretty good in a beanie, but my head gets too hot. Oh yeah. yeah. Um. We talk about the most random shit. Random shit. I'm just going to say that's wrong. What is wrong with us? That is just wrong. What? Putting the kid in the mullet. Where? Oh, my God. <laughs> you are not lying. Man, well, if it's ironic, if you're doing it to be ironic, that's like, hey, ironic. look at my mullet. I'm funny. That's not ironic. I don't, I don't know. I don't even know. That's just like a weird mullet. I don't even know that. It's just a mullet, dude. You See, just I haven't seen one in so long. Yeah, no, I had a mullet, but mine was a different mullet. I had like the fly, I had a mullet. I had the flybacks. You know, I didn't have the buzz cock. I didn't have the buzz hair. I had the, you know, the Oak Ridge Boys flyback hair, dude. I just sat down. I, went one, I did one with the buzzed hair. I did one with my hair. I grew it out a little bit and had the mullet. Mm. Yeah. So you just had the, the waterfall going on. It wasn't as great as damn Jay Weaver's. Oh, Lord. But, I, I mean, I did have a pretty, a pretty epic mullet going on. Uh, I would say what he called his mullet, but. He could say it. I can't. Um, dude, I just sat in the barber's chair when I was like, I don't know, 15, and I said, "Look, I want to be like serious and businessy up here in the front area, but in the back area, I want to party, I want to rock." And my barber was like, "Say no more. I got you, bro." With the joke, with the Joe Dirt. Nah, 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 nah. And I walked in slow motion out the door with a mullet. We're bad to the bone going on in the background. You're damn right. You are damn right. I never had a rat tail, though. Did you have a rat tail? Yep. I had a rat tail. My daddy wouldn't let me have a rat tail. I still that guy's shirt. Which one? That guy with that cool shirt. Bang. Oh, never mind. I don't like that. That's pretty cool. I don't like the back either. It's, it's a dude wearing a shirt. I thought it was cool until it. it got close. You ever seen it like... You ever seen a girl from a distance and she's hot and oh, she's yeah. close? You're like, whoa. Yeah, we, Go back over there. We call those Monet's. What? The, the painter Monet. Yeah. His paintings look really good far away. And the closer you get, you can see every little brush stroke. Oh. And then when you get close up on them, they're like, good God, what is that? Okay. So they call them Monet's. I learned something today. Which I think I need to edit that out. Wow. We didn't talk about anybody in particular. We didn't say, like, it's Becky is a Monet. Karen. Karen, you are such a Monet. It could be seen as sexist to women or something. I don't know. Well, I mean, it could be the same it, for dudes. It, it just so happens that we're guys, so we're talking about a girl. Caitlin bought me a, a bad dad joke calendar for my desk, and it's one of those you tear the, each day off, like an old-style calendar. And dude, some of them are funny, but some of them are, like, really bad. Oh, yeah, they're hard. That's like, you were at the homebrew club meeting, weren't you? Yes, it was. Yeah. I recognize it here. How's it been going? 
It's going. Hey, we got to talk to the Dude, I will pay you to ride that ball and film it and put it on our YouTube channel. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's done deal, man. If you're going to pay me to do it. I'll I mean, not you. much. I ain't got no much money, but I'll get you back. <laughs> I got a dollar on it. Oh, you can want more than that. Oh, let's put a let's put a bucket on the table and take donations for him to ride the bull. Let me go talk to that guy first. <laughs> yeah, we gotta see up. if there's a weight limit on the first. <laughs> so, I don't think it is because I seen an adult on there yesterday. But. I don't think it's gonna go too high or it wouldn't have them horns on it. Well, it'll like. Those are probably foam horns. Foam horns. Yeah, they're foam. I'm sure you can adjust the the v v veracity. Oh yeah, there was oh, one yeah, he just got thrown off yesterday. It's funny. All we got to do is say, hey, when a guy, you're the only person with a purple mohawk in this whole thing. It's magenta. Yeah, when a, when a guy <laughs> with a magenta mohawk, I'm gonna need you to crank this right open, and he's gonna say, why didn't you just say purple? <laughs> <laughs> Are you lost? You're over there. <laughs> you know you say that, but every time I go to the bathroom, I get lost. When I come back, I think we're one section up, like closer than what we are. I kind of like that we're not in the same spot every year. Oh yeah. Changes it up a little bit. Yeah. Kind of do too, but how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. You want a flyer? Would you like a flyer? Yeah. I've been trying to stop myself from going back to the dice table. Ah, uh, yeah. I don't need dice. Everybody needs I mean, dice. I do, but I don't need it because I have an addiction. <laughs> Some dice roll better than others. They do. Some dice may be weighted and may be weighted for certain numbers. <laughs> like 20. You know? <laughs> Well, no, I always go for 19. So it's not so obvious? It's not so you, It's more believable if you have a 19, like, three consecutive times in a row that it's just straight 20. That's true. Plus, you may have, you know, like a plus three. You um, might have proficiency or something. Wow. And I well, always make sure to have proficiency. That's my nerdness there. Yeah. Yeah, because if you got second win, too, that makes you create a 19 or 20. Yeah. Yeah, and there's, like, so many characters and so many bonuses that make sure that you crit at 19 anyway. So what's the point of getting a 20? Yeah. Am I the only one that thinks it's fun, more fun role-playing if you roll bad sometimes? Oh, it definitely is. Oh. Then you got to <laughs> deal with the consequences. Right. Exactly. I think it's more fun because I roll bad a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of get tired okay, of it. Okay, then you got to think of loopholes. Change one of dice. my friends' character wasn't pretty enough to get into a certain city, and she rolled bad on, like, performance. So she, just, she, said, she had her character scoop up a handful of acorns and present it to the guards. And somehow she got it. <laughs> there you go. Because they were too distracted by the acorns, and she pelted them, and then she just ran in. <laughs> they had to sneak past a guard one time, and uh, RJ cast a dispel that made fog. So I just did a percentage, and I was like, they've got a 20% chance of seeing it. And I and rolled it, rolled and they rolled 100. I was like, they saw through you. <laughs> <laughs> Now you didn't see you, like you're in their way. <laughs> it's like there's fog on the floor and you're just, you're right here. Yeah. yeah. There's like, a donut, a fog missing and you're in the middle of it. <laughs> you're, in the, you're in like dead center. Yeah. And you're like, no, you're like Drax, who's just, you can't see me. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm invisible. Way too slow. Yeah. 
for you to see me. Yeah, that was hilarious. Because it was like, uh, I wasn't used to those dots. And you know, it doesn't say one, it says zero, zero, zero. Right. I was like, well, he definitely didn't see you rolled a zero. And then, uh, he rolled a hundred. I was like, oh shit, he saw you. He's coming at you. He's coming to escort you off the premises and into jail. What did y'all do? Did y'all fight or run or what? Uh, uh, I had to talk him into oh, yeah, while we were trying to sneak back in. Yeah. And it worked. It works because you rolled good yeah. on that one. Yeah, I rolled good. I think Anthony would be proud of me on my DMing skills. Oh, yeah. It was a good campaign. It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. It was fun. That's all that matters. Have already said anybody we know. It didn't hurt that we rolled extremely well that game. Well, I we talked to uh, Tony Starlin. Oh, yeah. I wanted to get him over here, but he had to leave. Is he not coming back today? Uh, don't know. Tony, you, do you still listen to the podcast? If you're listening to the podcast, you hear this. and you, He will when he starts mowing his yard again. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, he's got a lot of catching I'm going to go fertilize his yard. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a really bad echo in my mind for some reason. Yeah, he's going to wake up one Saturday. I'm going to be out there with a water hose. Mm-hmm. And water hose. And like, what are you doing? Like, we need listeners. <laughs> we need listeners. All right, y'all hold on. I'm going to stop this and see if I can't fix oh, this. Oh, man, I, got, I done got my mojo I got going again. Mojo going. Like, I'm spitting fire, like podcast fire right now. Well, can you just put it on pause for a second? I mean, well, I can try, but it, just, right, it might throw away. I'm surprised you don't see more Kiss cosplay. I thought the same thing. More Kiss? You, yeah, when you go to a Kiss concert, dude, everybody's face is painted. Like, they're, they are cosplay. It's like a Kiss yeah, uh, but it's con. kind of a different kiss con. Even at the horror con, even at the horror con, you didn't see any kiss. It should have been some kind of kiss there. I'm thinking, I'm, I see what Kellis said. You're saying, but I don't, yeah. I don't think it would be out of place to see somebody. Well, I didn't no. say it'd be out of place. Right, but yeah, but I'm just saying that the clientele here probably don't even know who Kiss is. This is true. I don't know, dude. I've seen. There's been a wide variety of mm-hmm. aged people. Well, maybe I should dress up as Gene Simmons next year. I think you should dress up as Doctor Strange. I think you should do Doctor Strange. The funniest Gene Simmons I have ever seen in my life was the second time I went to see Kiss. No, it was the first time. And this guy, he was about my age and about my build. And he was dressed up, you know, he had the hair and the makeup and the cape, but he had aluminum full shoulder pads. (laughs) And he had his thing cut out to where his gut was hanging out. Like he was not trying to want to be restricted. Right. Well, he just had – he was he's being funny, you know. Okay. Like, he was a fat Gene Simmons and he got gotcha. in it, you know. Whereas, like, if I was fat Gene Simmons, it would just be because I'm fat. But he was, like, trying to be fat Gene Simmons. I need to tell do, like, a short Ron Jeremy. You could, yeah. you could tell he was trying to be ironic. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, dude, we should, I Trust me, it was funny. I convince my dad to come up here. People would think he was and Ron people Jeremy. People would think Ron Jeremy was here. They would, yeah. Which I think my dad really is Ron Jeremy. I'm not really for certain. I'm gonna say we're doing. I'm gonna implement a rule like Kelly did. We're doing better next year, damn it. We say that every year. I know, but I'm saying it this year. I do it. I do it New Year's every year too. <laughs> At New Year's, I'm like, I, this. This is gonna be my year to get my life together. Gotcha. And then about you know July, I'll be like, all right, next year, I'm serious this time. <laughs> Laura said they're gonna set up a booth next to us next year and sell crafts. That that'd be great. 
I, I can't wait to get Laura here. To be honest with you. She's going to be like the, the Jeff Ross and people of guns. That's sweet costume. What is that? That's just like a mummy? No. Uh, that guy right there is Papa Mertus from the Man Ghost. Exactly. And uh, the guy with this, or the lady with the silver mask is one of the band members. So that's just Ghost? Yeah, the band Ghost. I said, I I've heard of him, but I've never seen him. Yeah, he looks just like that. And the chick is raging. Hmm? Justice, I mean, Teen Titans. Yeah, but the, the silver helmet hat yeah. person is a, the guitar player or whatever. Well, all the band members wear those, except for the singer. So see, there are so many people doing bands. Hey, we, need some, we need some kiss. And then there were two. And then there were two. Is this coming through good? It doesn't look like it. It is, I think. Like we got little tiny, yeah, we got little waves. And if you have to crank it in post, it makes it all distorted sounding. All right, that's better than you. Check me, check me. Did I mention I'm so glad that I'm not the one doing the recording this year? Yes, you have mentioned that. Why, I mean, why can't my whole life be this way? I just show up and talk. You know what? Grab Anthony's mic now. Let's boost him up a chick, lot. Chick, chick, hey. Chick, chick. Hey. Hey. Well, it's probably coming through my mic, too. It don't matter. I'm just looking at his. I'm not even going by the by the uh, sound because it's super loud in his headphones. And, you know, going back to what I was saying earlier, there's advantages and disadvantages of every place we've lived at the con. Oh, yeah. Like, it was cool sitting up front that time because you caught people right as they walked in the door. But then again, you got those loud-ass speakers blasting right into your microphones. But it was that was cool because we actually recorded some of the uh, panels that we had We got to bootleg on. the panels by proxy. Yeah, and the, the panels they did up front were the main guests. Yeah. I got my step rolls in on my football yesterday for damn sure. I did too. I think I hit 12,000 steps yesterday. Oh, let me see i uh, when I got out of the shower, I forgot to put my Fitbit back on, and I'm trying to figure out. Is that not an Apple Watch? It is, but I don't know how to make it count steps. I think. I mean, I think it is. But I don't know how. Yesterday, I had 13,571 steps. That's about five hours and 22 minutes. Oh, you got an Apple Watch too? Right? Yeah, if I work. Uh, the band broke on my. Get on my nerves. The band broke on the Fitbit, and then I misplaced the charger. Bob, mine on this one broke. No, my yeah. last one broke, and I bought another one. Yeah, you get them on eBay for like brand new for like bucks. I meant to get a um my iPhone. I put my iPhone watch on today, and I forgot it. Does your, your iPhone watch on Fitbit? I have no idea. I'm sure they do. I don't know how to keep up with them though, how to check it. This is a good time to plug our voicemail line. If you would like to leave a comment, call 662-305-9783 and leave us a message. That is strictly a voicemail line. You won't have to talk to a real person. But thousands of people will hear what you say, so you should think about that if you're sure. Bunches. But you can be anonymous, so you can say, hey, this is Race Car Bob. I just want to tell you I love the podcast. 
and you guys are doing a great job. She's actually putting off a pretty good joke here. That's a, why have we not seen more Joaquin Phoenix Jokers? Uh, I don't know. It's pretty hard to do. Yeah. I would think so, yeah. I would think that the other, other ones would be hard. You no. think she's pulling off Elseworld Jokers? No, she's Joaquin Phoenix. That's what made me think about it. Oh, is she? Yeah. I, was thought, I thought she was uh, Martha Wayne. Oh. No. That'd be, that'd be a cool cosplay. Like an That's what it looks like to me. Like a left of center. Kind of joking. I've never seen a Thomas Wayne Batman. They kind of screwed him up in the comics recently. I wasn't happy about that. They made him look like a, a total douche. Spoiler alert for Batman comics. <laughs> I mean, he's always been a bad guy. I'm talking about Flashpoint Batman, which is Thomas Wayne. Yeah. He's and not the, really a bad guy. The Waynes didn't get killed. Bruce um, and the, the Martha Wayne turned into a joke when Tom Flynn became Batman. Ah. But he's like a badass Batman. He drinks whiskey and shoots people with guns. He's more like the Punisher. And he's got red eyes. He's a badass. He owns casinos and shoots people. And drinks whiskey. I like that one. You like that one? You were just anything I said. But his wife turned into the Joker. Yeah. Y'all are very distracted. There must be like a hot chick walking around somewhere. I'm in thought. What are you thinking about? I have no idea what I'm thinking about. It's something. Don't you hate it when people put you on the spot about what are you thinking about? And no, you I don't remember. Remember. You can't remember. I was what you're often. About. Or you're actually not thinking about anything, but people think you're in deep thought. Yeah. Or they think that what you were thinking about was too embarrassing to tell. Right. Yeah. Like it was something dirty. Ready whenever you are. Oh, deal. I'm going to get a bottle of water. Oh, you don't want right. me on it? Okay. Okay. Y'all just come around here. All right. Cammy Joe? Yes. <laughs> Tell me about what you're doing here. So to, well, I'm here at the Tupelo flea market that we're doing the... Tupelo Con. Tupelo Con at, and we're giving out toys to kids and raffle tickets for families in need in North Mississippi. Today we're giving out stuffed family raffle tickets and some cupcakes and cookies. It's been really fun lately, and I'm super glad. Well, what got you into this? Well, I was younger. Seven. Seven. How, how old are you right now? I'm 10. You're 10. Soon to be 11. <laughs> at the end of the year <laughs> but we wanted to uh, we wanted to teach Cammy about giving and paying it forward so we started um, a nonprofit charity called Cammy Joe cares and we serve northern Mississippi um, and we named it after Cammy Joe um, we've got nine drop-off locations in northern Mississippi and wow. we collect lightly used clothes and toys clean them up and give them to kids in need so how long have you been doing this? We started in, um, it's been a little over three years. We started January 2017, I believe it is. And um, yeah, and we became nonprofit August last year. Nice. Yeah. So do you just serve Northeast Mississippi? Yeah, we 
we just do Northeast Mississippi, um, but we were invited by the Bearded Villains of Northern Mississippi to do um, Le Bonners with them. So we're going to bring uh, 200 Easter baskets that we've made up and also stuffed animals and a whole huge thing of brand new shoes that's all been donated us. Um, we're going to give away to the kids That is awesome. Easter. Yeah. It's very awesome. Mm -hmm. Now, is this your first con? No. I've been since. Yeah, we, this is like the third year, I believe. Yeah. Is this y'all's first Tupelo con? Uh-uh. No. Okay, because I didn't remember seeing y'all last year. Yeah, we were here. We were Wonder we Woman. We were all the way up at the front. Yeah, we were in the oh, front. Okay. front the back yeah. end, like right when you walk in. Yeah. Yeah, last year we were right there on that side. Oh, okay. <laughs> completely way far, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so do you have fun doing this kind of stuff? Yes, I do. Is everybody at school, do they help out however they can? or? <laughs> yeah, we've gotten um, we've got a couple events coming up. Mm -hmm. um, we're gonna do Arby's with the Easter Bunny, and we have a special special guest. So if they purchase a kids meal, they can get a, a children's Easter basket, um, as many pictures as they want with the Easter Bunny and the special guest, and uh, a stuffed animal as well. That is awesome. Out. Yeah, and then we've got the Bonners so next month. When is that? That is. Um, the 20, hold on, my brain is at a fog. <laughs> Santa this month. It's March 27th, and it's going to be, no, March 28th, excuse me, from 11 to 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock. 11 to 3, I believe we is got that it down. Arby's and Tupelo? Yeah, Arby's and Tupelo. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep, so that should be a lot of fun. Just perch, come down, purchase a kid meal, and just come have fun and eat lunch with Cameron Do Cares. Well, what else have you got going on? Um, next month, we will be doing um, Le Bonner's the first uh, Sunday of April. And then on that Saturday, the first weekend, we're going to be at Wet Paint with um, two special guests. And we're also going to do an Easter egg hunt. We'll have the kids can um, decorate their own cupcake, giving out stuffed animals, raffles. Um, and you can also paint uh, a little bunny. And they're $7, and part of the proceeds go toward Cammy Joe Cares. Also, um, for the Easter Bunny photos, um, the Easter Egg Hunt and Cupcake, that is $6, and you get all that included. And there'll be special prizes given away to the kids if they get, you know, a certain egg or something like that as well. Nice. Yes. Yeah, so well, do you got a website? We do. Um, it is in the works. I've been working on it. It's uh, CammyJoeCares.com. Um, but... Uh, you can check it out and look it up, and you can email us from there as well. Um, Cares at yahoo.com. Uh, we've got a lot of big things coming up um, this year, and we're really excited. A lot of stuff in process, and we're hoping to make a big impact in northern Mississippi. Oh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. You got a Facebook? Yes, we do. Mm -hmm. Facebook, and what else is social media we got? We got Instagram. Twitter and YouTube. And everything is Cammy Joe Cares. Yep. It's Cammy Joe Cares. We're working on setting up the uh, TikTok right now, so that's in the works. But yeah. I just got a TikTok. I've got one follower. Huge. I haven't even posted any videos yet. <laughs> yeah. I'm not that funny, so. We tried. We were going to make a, a TikTok video yesterday with costumes, but the reception's hard, so I can't post yeah. anything. But, yep, so. It'll be fun. We're excited. And thanks for having us on. We oh, appreciate welcome. it. Is there anything else you want to plug? Mm, let's see. Um, we could really use donations um, as far as Easter candy to fill the Easter eggs. 
Um, we need summer clothes because we are swapping out in our shed, putting all the winter clothes away that we got, bringing out the summer. And we've got like five applicants now who are in need of summer clothes for their children. So, um, t-shirts. So if you guys um, can check us out on Facebook, look up our nine drop-off locations. There's wet paint, Arby's in Tupelo. We've got one in Mooreville, Bishop's in Mooreville, a house of balance in Saltillo. Um, uh, what else? You'll have to look it up. My brain fog is crazy, but we've got tons of that. Um, and we need summer clothes for the kids. And just make sure there's no stains and there's no holes and, and, and they're not faded. So yeah. we want very gently used items. Have you got anything you want to say to people out there? Nothing at all, Nugget. Nothing at all? <laughs> but um, um, there'll be more events coming up. We're hopefully going to work on a summer event. And um, Christmas time, we will have some at, at our October event. We always do Halloween because we love dressing up in our yeah. costumes. <laughs> so we're excited. Well, if you keep us updated on, on future events you got, mm -hmm. I can make sure that either he plugs it or I plug it in each episode we do. Awesome. That, that way would to, be to help wonderful. get it out there more. That would be awesome. That would be way cool. I know. <laughs> Cammy has a, a, she wants to be on the Ellen show. So we are trying, I'm going to try very hard to Twitter her so she can be on the Ellen show sometime. <laughs> you have to learn to talk a little bit more. Yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> you'll, get, you'll get a better hang of it. She was on Miss 98 for the first time. I think she was really nervous, but. Oh, so this isn't your first interview then? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. We just gotta feed you full of sugar before we take you on. <laughs> <laughs> and then you won't be able to stop talking. Yeah, you did. You rode the bull? For 82 seconds. They're trying to get me on the bull. I'll you should. It They're going to film it and put it on our YouTube channel no, if I go get on the bull. I don't know if that bull will hold both of us. No, he's not going to go. I'll go and you go. All right, we'll do that. Okay. I will not do it. I will break a, a limb or two. Hey, <laughs> she said she's going to do the bull with me. We're going to do it together. You ride the bull? She said 82 seconds. I got to beat her 82 seconds. Oh, dang. I'll <laughs> tell you what, as soon as we get a break, we'll go over there and do the bull. That sounds good. That'll be fun. That might be my first TikTok video. Well, when <laughs> I won't get on that thing. I'll have a broken arm and leg or something. That'll be my look. Two yeah. o'clock? All right. That's oh, Okay, we'll do it at two o'clock. Thank you. Alright, well I'm gonna put one on our website and put one on our Facebook. And uh, that way everybody can they wanna donate, they'll know where to get a hold of y'all and where to go to donate. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank y'all very much for talking with us. Thank you so us. much, hon. We appreciate you having us. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. You're very welcome.
headphones. I can't hear you at all. You know what I don't like? I don't like it that Netflix sends me emails saying we added a show that you might like. And I don't like it. I'm like, don't tell me what I like. You don't know me. They base it on what you've watched, though. It, that's even weirder. It's kind of like a... What are you, the NSA? It's kind of like a Spotify playlist thing they do. I like that, though, because I'm lazy. <laughs> <laughs> like, let me pick Let me pick and choose how I'm, my privacy is invaded. Right. You know, it'd be like if a salesman walked up and said, hey, I noticed when you took a shower the other day, you were using this kind of shampoo, and we thought you might want some more. Well, why is he give you a shower with you? I'd be like, why are you watching me take a shower? We're like, well, we're just trying to help you, sir. Right. There's a line. That makes sense. Like, I, <laughs> I, get, well, no. I get how those are just alike. <laughs> I feel like you're being sarcastic. No, I, this is what I told somebody the other day. We were talking about, like, internet privacy. And uh, somebody said, well, I don't, I don't go look at nothing on the internet that I'm ashamed of. And I was like, I don't do nothing in my bathroom that I'm ashamed of, but I don't want the world watching me. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's just the, the taking away the right to right. privacy. It's a violation. And Netflix, unless you want to sponsor this podcast, which I'm totally fine with, and I'll take back everything I said, stop telling me what I want to watch and don't want to watch. <laughs> unless I want to watch it. Unless I want to watch it. <laughs> yeah. But then you putting the advertisement on Netflix at the top is good enough. Right, that's good enough. The little trailers I've seen. Little trailer. Yeah. That's good enough. You don't need to come to my email with it. You don't need to knock on my door and say, hey, can I tell you about this movie we just added? Right. No. I just got one yesterday. I just got one just now. That's why I said that. And I hit record so I can bitch about it on the podcast. Um, you want me to go through, uh, you want to look at Kelly's search history on his laptop? What uh, what did they recommend you watch? I deleted it out of anger. I pushed the delete key harder than I would have. Not only speech or confidential, whatever that is. That's probably the same thing. And the thing is that they're going to send that, like if they add a new show, they don't care. They send it to everybody. They're send to everybody. We added a new show that you might like. But then you'll get the same email if you watch different stuff. That's not that's not invading your privacy. That's more like, like spam. Well, that makes it even worse because now I feel like they don't care about me. <laughs> <laughs> like there's no right way to do it. Right. So they just need to stop. Like nothing's going to make me happy. I'm saying it's a character flaw that I have. Right. So I need them to change. To adjust to your character flaw. Yeah. See, you get it. Right, I understand. <laughs> Do we need to find somebody to interview? No, no. we're just going to do this today. I'm, I'm good with this. You're <laughs> good with this? No, we got some interviews coming here in a little bit. I'm going to let everybody, you know, I'm going to let everybody uh, settle down a little. Everybody's a little too spun up right now. They all spun up. They're all spun up and excited. Yeah. All right, Kelly's back. We had to quit talking about him. You find your common book list. That's what I'm looking for. That's why I got on the laptop. Dude, this is loud. Are you should have sitting too loud. Like I can't even put both ears into the earphones. I'm not that loud. In the earbuds, you are. No, ever. Both are. What'd you say? 
Yeah. Why well, did I pull this up on here? I can't take this with me. <laughs> he said I'm coming up loud. Oh yeah, it's really loud. But I can, we can always turn it down and freeze. How nervous would you be if I clicked on history right now? <laughs> How nervous would you be if I clicked on history? Are you just saying that because you don't want me to click on it? I never get on this computer. Or are you saying that because you really don't care? I really don't care. Or, or are you saying that because you look at stuff you shouldn't, but you don't care that anybody knows? Oh, that too. I never get on that computer. That's just for recording. Well, if you're not going to be embarrassed, then I'm not going to go for the effort. I'm not going to You're taking all the fun away. Are you really going to ride the bull, or are you just saying that? No, I'm really going to ride it. Uh, she came over here and said, uh, yeah, that guy with pink hair, we're riding that bull at 2 o'clock. Notice she didn't say magenta. That's a conversation we had on the way up here. We are arguing over what color Kellogg's hair is. That's hard to say. What color Kellogg's hair is. Carrots. A little time twister? Maybe. When you have a hangover. That I had not known was going on. On top of a whole bunch of new stuff I learned last month in Colorado. Superstars writing seminar. So, I'm now getting a, a big picture that the whole world of publishing is evolving right now into a whole new business model and um, trying to figure out how it affects the you know, other writers uh, who are not I'm traditionally published in that I have a small press yeah, but not one of the big five and I'm, I'm a big believer. I personally believe that the day of the big five the tours and all those guys if they don't change pretty soon they're going to have a problem. And so, uh, anyway, it's just like, I come to do all that stuff. Right? Make deals and make deals and learn and figure it out. Yeah. Um, uh, start my own imprint and uh, invited some people into a shared universe and met a couple of guys who might want to write for that. And, mm -hmm. You know, so, I mean, it's just, it's kind of how you have to do it. Kyle, you want to hit start? Where you go ahead and get started? Oh, I've already hit start. You already hit started? That's awesome. Yeah, he started talking about pod podcast stuff right off the oh. bat, so I just want to hit Sure. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Cool. Hi, everybody. <laughs> uh, go ahead and uh, tell us your name and uh, yeah, sure. what you do. And, uh, uh, is this good? Am I far enough away? Uh, actually, closer the better. Okay, so, closer the better. There yeah, we go. Right How's that? Good. Okay, good. Uh, my name's William Allen Webb. Uh, I go by Bill Webb, but... There's a lot of Bill Webbs in the world, so the, I have to use my my middle name. Um, I write science fiction, fantasy, a little horror. Uh, I write a lot of nonfiction military history, World War II primarily. Um, pretty much anything anybody will pay me to write. How did you get started? Passion for you. It, it, it is. Uh, I've been writing for in excess of 50 years, and uh, it started by reading. If, if you don't read a lot, you're not going to be a successful writer, I don't think, um, because you're not going to be aware of what's out there. You're not going to be aware of how to structure stuff. And one of my earliest memories is sitting in my mom's car. She was a realtor, and she was showing a house, and I vividly remember sitting in her car, which because it wasn't air-conditioned, 
and uh, it was summer. And I was reading a copy of Samuel Elliott Morrison's Two Ocean War. I was eight years old. So that's, you know, that was my uh, picture book. That's um, a pretty big book for an eight-year-old. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I was reading it because I'd already gotten way beyond that. And I started, things really turned, uh, took a turn for the worse when I uh, picked up a Robert E. Howard book and started reading Conan. And that, you know, life was over at that point. Um, I start. I'm like everybody else. I started writing stories in imitation of them. Uh, there's a story I started in high school that actually saw the light of day in 2017 and won awards. And uh, it started out as a direct copy of Howard, but became something different over a long period of time. Uh, so what's the name of that movie? Uh, it's, it's in a book called Sharp Steel, and the name of the story is A Night at the Quay. Um, it, uh, I'm not sure if anybody out there has ever heard of the uh, audiobook narrator named Simon Vance. Uh, he's considered one of the top three in the world. Oh, nice. And, I mean, this guy, and if you look at how much he charges for uh, uh, to narrate an audiobook, you, you get the idea. <laughs> uh, he's done, he did George R.R. Martin's Fire and Ice, the book, not the series, yeah. Song of. He did uh, Anne Rice's uh, Vampire series. He's done all kinds of stuff, as well as a lot of nonfiction. He did the audio, uh, the narration of that book because he liked it so much. So, um, I've just been one of those people who's written all his life. And I really can't remember a time when I didn't. How many books have you written? Uh, at this point, full full books, eight. One of them, uh, for most of my life, I was a nonfiction military history writer. And that is not a process where you can turn out a lot of books. Yeah. Uh, I had one come out last year called Killing Hitler's Reich, The Battle for Austria, 1945. Took 13 years. It's 300,000 words. Wow. I used over 800 sources. Had to translate 20 books out of German. Nice. My wife asked me if this was going to pay off financially, and I said, oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> you know, quarter an hour if I'm lucky. Uh, but that's not why you do it, yeah. uh, those kind of books. So I've, I've written a, long, a lot of stuff that took a long time to write. Since I started, my first novel came out in late 2016. I now have seven full novels out. I have eight more planned for this year. And I have a total of about 22 titles, uh, others of varying lengths, short stories, novellas, novelettes, that kind of thing. Uh, so I'm trying to be prolific. So what, do you, what book did you have with you today? Or did you have a bunch of books with you today? I do, I've got pretty much everything I've written with okay. me today. Um, and I've written some nonfiction stuff. People ask me writing-related questions all the time. So I wrote a book called, one called Unsuck Your Book. And it's, it, it's about how I got published and what I went through because I'm, I'm so far, I go so far back that when I finally finished this latest novel, I thought you, you would try and attract an agent or a publisher the same way you did as 30 years ago. Yeah. 
So I printed out a copy. I was going to mail it to them, a physical copy. And I had no idea that the first thing they do when they get those is throw them away. Oh, wow. Because it's all done digitally now. <laughs> and my agent that I used to have died. And so I thought you even needed an agent. I don't have one now, and I see no point of ever needing one. Uh, it hasn't inhibited me in any way. And the entire publishing industry has changed so radically from what it used to be. And I told you guys earlier that it was evolving at such a rate now that um, the people that I see and I'm trying to emulate their business model don't have, they're not traditionally published, meaning through one of the five big New York publishers. They don't have agents and they don't see the need for them. So it's coming down to now writers are having to make a choice. Do I want the credibility of going through a big publisher? And there's something to be said for that. You know, don't, don't get me wrong. Or do I want money? Because while being an independent is much harder because you're taking on all the roles of the publisher, or if you're with a small press, you're still having to do a lot of the legwork yourself and the advertising. Nevertheless, what you get paid to do that is much higher than it would be in a traditional you role. You get more of the profit from it. You do. But in a traditional role, you're going to walk into a Barnes & Noble one day and your book's going to be there, and you're going to go, gee, I wonder how it got here. And that's not going to happen if you're doing it yourself. Yeah. It, it can still show up there, but you're going to be the one out there arranging it. It's kind of like being in a band. You have promoting your own music or you have somebody promoting it for you. Yeah, I, I can, I've never been in a band, which is probably a good thing. <laughs> but yeah, I can see that. You know, are you doing the hustle and not paying your manager and, um, you know, keeping up with your own finances so you don't get screwed? Or, <coughs> excuse me, have you found somebody who you can rely on and you trust yeah. and letting them do it? And it's the trust thing. So what is a typical, or is there a typical process you go through whenever you start to write a book? I can tell you that that's going to vary tremendously from writer to writer. I can only speak to the way I do it. When I sit down to write a book, uh, I am what's called a pantser. I write by the seat of my pants. I, I don't have... Um, I don't have any outline. I can't outline physically. I do have it in my head. I have a vague idea of where it's going. Uh, it doesn't usually wind up where I thought it would. Um, but no, I just, I sit down, I just start writing. Uh, as I was very surprised, I was at uh, a conference last month and uh, New York Times bestselling author Jonathan Mayberry said that one of the first things he does when he starts either a story or a book is he writes the ending first, which is what I very often do. But my process is that I write scenes as they come to me, and later I will go back and put the scenes in a chronological order, if that's how they need to be. be. (laughs) In a time travel novel, that's not always the case, but usually it is. And once I've done that, then I will write whatever needs to be written in between to make it make sense. Kind of connect the stories. Exactly. 
people out there, there's a, a writer named Chris Fox, who is famous as someone who outlines virtually down to a fill-in-the-blank <laughs> level. Where when it's time to write, actually write the book, he just he has it so already laid out that he's just, you know, it's very fast for him yeah. to do. I just can't do that. I wish I could, but it's not how my mind works. I tried, it fails. Uh, how did you get into the uh, military nonfiction World War II? You said World War II. Is that just an interest? It, it was. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I, the earliest memory I have, I was actually backdating it. I was two. And I remember watching a TV show on um, our black and white uh, called Silent Service. It was about World War II submarines. It was only on from for one year, from 1957 to 1958. And I remember laying on the floor watching this show. So I had to be two, or maybe three. Uh, no, two. So I, I don't know why I've always been interested. It's just been a lifelong fascination. The writing, the military aspect grew out of trying, I spent 20 years trying to sell my fiction in the first place. I came out of uh, the University of Memphis. <coughs> I don't have a creative writing degree per se. I have, uh, one of my concentrations was English, but every single English course I took was creative writing. So I took 12 creative writing courses. If that's not a creative writing major, right? You know, it might as well be. And it's interesting that the way you're taught to write, you're taught to write really beautiful, well-structured prose that's a joy to read, except there wasn't a lot of emphasis put on plot or moving the story forward. And, the war and if you ever said uh, science fiction or fantasy, they would give you an F. I actually had a teacher tell me, if you submit fantasy to me, I'm going to give you an F. So, I tried to write fi uh, fiction for 20 years, just could never get it, uh, you know, done because I hadn't been taught to write that way. And out of sheer frustration, uh, and I'll tell you the story of what, there's a story that is now in print, but it made me quit, was um, I wrote a story called Tail Gunner Joe and sent it to Twilight Zone magazine. And this was 1996. And they accepted it. It was going to be my first professional sale. Nice. And I was stoked, man. Let me tell you, it's Twilight Zone. Three weeks later, I got another letter back from them. And uh, this was before email was prevalent. And I thought it was the contract. <coughs> Excuse me. Dear Mr. Webb, we're so sorry to have to tell you that we're suspending publication. And we were going to publish your story, but now we're not. So I kind of looked at it and said, okay. I shut down Twilight Zone. <laughs> you know, nobody's going to forgive me. And so I pretty much quit trying to write fiction, and I turned the skills I had towards writing nonfiction, which was my first love anyway. And uh, uh, I sold fairly, fairly quickly sold something to uh, World War II magazine and some other sales like that. And when my wife saw it, uh, checks coming in she said okay now this is a good thing yeah. and I, all of the bad experiences i'd had in fiction and i'd had a lot uh and a lot of people telling me they were going to do something didn't do 
all the things you hear about. So I started just saying, well, if I'm going to get paid to do this, I will. Somebody came along and said, hey, uh, you know, would you like to, I will pay you to write mystery reviews. And, and I said, you know, I like the word pay. I like mysteries. Sure, let's do that. And so I did that for many years and probably wrote 400 of them. Uh, and then in 2006, I started writing the book that came, became Killing Hitler's Right. And I just went back to fiction on a sheer whim. It was, um, I'm going to write a book. I, mean, I don't care who reads it. I don't care who likes it. I'm going to like it. Yeah. Your book. <coughs> your book. My friends are going to read it, and they're going to lie to me and tell me they thought it was really good. <laughs> you know, and that's what we do when our friends write a book. It's like your mom. Oh, I really liked it. Uh, and that'll be fine. You know, if I sell 50 copies, great. And... When it finally hit the market, it, it wound up selling a, a lot of copies right off the bat. I didn't know what I was doing. I don't know why. Um, and it just it started a whole new career that I did not see coming. Well, you got anything new that you get in the works? Or? Yeah, I'm actually, uh, I've got nine novels planned this year. Wow. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I do. I had a new novel come out uh, about a week ago called uh, The Demon and the Jewel. It's sword and sorcery. It's a sequel to Sharp Steel and A Night at the Quay, the one I was telling you about earlier. I have um, my main series is called The Last Brigade, and it's a post-apocalyptic military thrillers. Book five of that, and if anybody's listening, is if you're one of the ones writing me emails, Yes, I am working on it. Yes, it's getting close to being done. I am unable to keep up with the demand on that series. And there's a spinoff of that series. So as the year goes on, I'm inviting some other people to write in it. And so hopefully we're going to have two or three more books out in that series this year. <clears throat> I have a time travel series that my publisher likes so much. First book's called Jurassic Jail. And just in case anybody thinks I ripped off Jurassic Park, it's actually the reverse because I started that and with that title a year before Jurassic Park came out. So Crichton copied me. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, I've got a lot of stuff coming. Uh, Chris Kennedy uh, Publishing has a very popular uh, series called The Four Horsemen. And I am writing a novel in that that's called High Mountain Hunters. Uh, Eric Flint, who's famous for his 1632 uh, series that now has over 200 novels. I'm writing for his press. It's called Eric Flint's Ring of Fire Press. I'm writing an alternate uh, history, World War II history uh, for that. It's a trilogy. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff coming. Go ahead and uh, pitch your social media on here. And, sure thing. Uh, yeah. yeah. Sorry I'm late to the party. You may have already covered this. Um, I'm always interested in uh, like where inspiration comes from because I'm certainly not a writer, but uh, I am a, I do write songs. Yeah, sure. And it's interesting to me uh, how an idea for a song will come to, come to me. So I wonder from an author standpoint, like where do you find inspiration? Is it just a thought that pops in your head or something you're interested in and been researching a long time? Or You know, it's, it's, what, it's the, the most common question authors are, are, are asked and probably songwriters too. 
Uh, and if I'm really being honest about it, if any author is, they don't have a clue. Yeah. Um, and yet, that's not necessarily true. I see a lot of things that I'll, I'll, I'll just see something or hear something, and it will spark an idea. Right. Okay? Uh, I listen to a lot of music. I write a lot of poetry that I think would make good music. I don't songwrite because I don't play an instrument. Right. Uh, it's not what I do. But I think inspiration comes in, in everything. And I think it. if you're going to be inspired to write something, you're going to have to be curious about the world around you. Right. And I'm not sure everybody understands it. For example, I'll give you an example from this morning. There's a shell station that I stopped at to gas up. And they had the usual, you know, regular unleaded and all the way up. But they also had another one called conventional gasoline. This morning we're all swapping out. <laughs> this is the way the podcast uh, is. Okay. <laughs> and, and they had something called conventional gasoline. And and I I wondered, what is conventional gasoline? Right. I had no idea. <laughs> and I didn't, unfortunately I was late. I didn't have time. Go to do my bet with her now. To, okay. uh, you know, walk in and ask, but I may do that on the way out because what is that? I don't know. There's probably a story in that. Okay? Right. Uh, what is it? I've never seen it before. How did it get there? And most of the best stories, I think, come from the, the unusual things you see that everybody else doesn't. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, I look at people like Warren Zavon who happens to be one of my favorites. And I, where does the inspiration for Roland the Headless Thompson Gunner come from? Or Werewolves of London. Yeah. Uh, excitable boy about a, you know, a, a serial killer. Yeah. I, I don't know, you know? Lawyers, guns, and money. Uh, he, his stuff was so bizarre and yet so musically tremendous, but I don't know where they came from. So. I actually got a story from him, and uh, I was asked to write a, a short story, uh, and it dealt with two guys, a story you would tell in a bar, and so the story is called, uh, instead of Roland the Headless Thompson Gunner, it's called Roland the Headless Mecha Driver, mm. for Mecha being a suit of powered armor. Yeah. Um, so I think inspiration is just paying attention to the world around you and seeing something unusual. Um, and I do, I don't agree with Stephen King on everything, but I do agree with him about one thing. He says that he never writes ideas down because if he forgets them, they probably weren't that good to begin with. Good point. But if he can still remember it the next day, it's probably something worth pursuing. Yeah. And so I hear a lot of people say, oh, I wake up in the middle of the night and I write down ideas and I write them on, you know, napkins and stuff and. And I think all you wind up with is a whole bunch of, of napkins with writing on them. <laughs> now, I do understand if, if you sit down and you write a story on a napkin or a song, okay, I get that. Yeah. You know, because some of the best songs ever have been written on the back of placemats. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, you know, I get that. But as far as an idea for something, it's it, it maybe other people it works for. It doesn't work for me. Right. Uh, and, and I will tell you one of the, if you really want great, great ideas for songs and great ideas for books, 
I hate to say this, it's it's really embarrassing. Watch Jerry Springer. <laughs> okay. I get some of my best dialogue <laughs> from Jerry Springer because it's just so off the wall that mm. uh, you know, in some of the situations, and I doubt they're all even real, but it doesn't matter, you know, if you're writing a song, it doesn't necessarily have to be real, it just has to be yeah. uh, interesting. Yeah, that's the interesting thing about music is it can be fiction or nonfiction. It can be something you made up, or it could be a life experience, yeah. or a little bit of both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so what kind of music do you write? Uh, we're at a band called Kill J. It's like hard rock, heavy metal kind okay. of music. It's the headbanging stuff. Okay, so headbanging, who, who do you think started headbanging? I, I just say Black Sabbath. Okay. It's, it's a good starting spot. Black Sabbath got it from these people. I'm going to tell you who started it. Okay. okay. A band called Status Quo. Okay. They happen to be my favorite band of all time. They're a hard rock. They were a hard rock band. I'm okay. going to write that down. They, uh, they had a hit in the U.S. during the psychedelic period that everybody's heard. If you don't remember the song, you've heard of it called uh, Pictures of Matchstick Men. Status Quo. Status Quo. Status Quo is how Americans say it. Um, and uh, they, if you go back to 1970, early 71, they all had really long hair and they all had their hair, they all played with their head down so you couldn't see their face, but they start, you know, rocking back and forth and their hair would start flying as a head banging and all their fans started doing that. Oh, nice. I like that. And you know, Black Sabbath, these guys were around the same time and all that, and they, they all kind of knew each other. Yeah. Um, they all played gigs together over there that we never heard about. You know, it wasn't a tour, it was just a one-off. Yeah. And so they all kind of knew each other, and uh, Quo did about, uh, for about um, uh, 10 years, over a period of about 10 years, they had a run of albums that, if you like hard rock, are unparalleled by anybody else. Now. It's not like Deep Purple where you had one album that was just transcend transcendental. Yes, yeah. Okay, you know. Um, I like Deep Purple too. Well, you know, well, Deep Purple's awesome. Yeah. But, you know, they they had some great stuff, but they had one or two albums that were just rocketed them to the top. Right. You know, Machine Head is, if it's not on everybody's top ten best ever, you really don't know much about music. Yeah. <laughs> But they were pretty uneven. Quo had a string of albums of about six albums that were at that level, if you like that stuff. Now, if you listen to them, everybody said, well, they, they didn't know how to play more than three chords. Some of their songs have more than eight, if you really listen. Okay? Yeah. Musicians always appreciated them, but their lyrics never made a lot of sense <laughs> because that wasn't the point. Yeah. Okay? Uh, I was trying to figure out, coming down here, one of their best songs, something called Whatever You Want. And today I was trying to figure out what the heck do those lyrics even mean? And I've heard the song a thousand times. And so I don't know, but it didn't matter because it was that wasn't the point. Right. The music was the point, and then they put some lyrics in there. Sometimes they made a lot of sense. Usually it was just, you know, why did she leave me kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, if you like hard rock, though, I mean really hard, there was a, about a three-year period where they were doing it. I'll absolutely check them out because I'm I'm almost like a junkie when it comes to trying to find that next band that gives me that feeling I got when I first heard Metallica and Sabbath and yeah. and all that. Like I, I'm scouring they're, YouTube they're constantly looking for they're new not, music. They're not like Metallica or Sabbath, okay? Yeah. They're more like ACDC. 
I like ACDC. Okay, which is a hard rock as opposed to a, a metal. All right, they did have an album where they came really close to being having a couple of heavy metal songs, but they were more towards the really hard rock side. And then they got took on a country influence too. Oh, wow. So, yeah, all right. Uh, anyway, there nobody in America's ever heard of them. Uh, over in England, they're the they've had more hit singles than the Beatles and the Stones combined. Wow. Uh, throughout the rest of the world, you know, everybody knows who Quo is. Quo's still going. Oh, nice. Uh, their rhythm guitar player, he died, but he was voted the best rhythm guitar player ever in England, and uh, he beat out... Um, uh, I'm getting old, man. Uh, that happens to me all the time. I can't tell you what shirt I wore yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, Rick Parfit was voted uh, best ever. Nice. And uh, Keith Richards. He beat out Keith Richards oh, okay. as the world's best rhythm guitar player. Ever. Wow. And so, uh, you know, you hear stuff like that, and maybe you like them, maybe you don't. I heard them for the first time when I was writing my first novel. It was just symbiotic. That takes us back to inspiration, right? It does. <laughs> it really does. And I heard that, and it's just like I, that novel grew up with that band, with me listening to that band. Nice. And worked its way into the book and all that kind of stuff. Wow, that's really cool. And the the story you were saying about the headbanging, that reminds me of, a, you know, at, co at rock and roll concerts, they're always throwing up the horns. And oh, they, yeah. They call it the quote-unquote double horns. Yeah. It actually came from them waving at the crowd, but they're holding their guitar pick in their hand, and so their fingers are pinched oh, together. That's cool. Now, and they've you, got their pick. Who and was that? Well, uh, Gene Simmons claims to have started it, but they okay. say Dio started it. But okay. yeah. a, lot, a lot of the bands were kind of doing it, and, and different ones take credit for it. But I think it was just a cumulative thing because they, you really do, like whether you're right hand or left hand, or you're playing with the hand you're going to probably raise up, yeah. and your pick is in your hand. Yeah. So yeah, instead sure. of dropping your pick, you just do this. And now everybody in the crowd's doing it, and it's just become a staple with heavy metal music. Yeah. It's really cool. It, it really is amazing how that stuff yeah. gets started. Right. Yeah. Another thing I want to ask you real quick, I don't, yeah. don't want to keep you all day. I know you yeah, got sure. stuff to do. Yeah. Uh, um, I, when people ask me for advice about songwriting, because out of writing, recording, and performing, writing is my favorite part of it. I just love, I love that you can make something out of nothing, yeah. and it, it could be something that people, other people enjoy. Yeah, yeah. And it literally just came from an idea in your head, and now it's this tangible thing. Yeah. I just think that's cool. I just love. I'm kind of a hippie about that kind of stuff. Okay. And uh, and uh, the one piece of advice I give people about is not to be afraid to like abandon a bad idea. Like I've I've been writing songs, and I really, really wanted it to work, but it just wasn't. It was just not getting there, yeah. and instead of just trying to to polish it and and, and, and hammer and, it into something and, and try to force it, it's okay to just abandon it because it may inspire you to for some idea down the road. Is it like that at all with books? Is is there ever I, a piece of work that you just said, okay, this just didn't work? And, and I'm gonna say, and, and this is conditional, okay? No. This depends on where you are in your writing career. If you are a new writer fairly and you really you don't have much out or nothing out no finish uh david weber who's a very very well-known science fiction writer uh, gave me the best piece of advice because i asked him what would you tell me writer? yeah he said the most important thing you can possibly do is type the end because when you do that you have told your brain i can do this okay you're you're training your brain in a different way yeah if, yeah. if you put aside a bad idea then you're telling your brain it's okay to quit. Yeah, that's a good point. If you if you finish it, it doesn't have to be good, okay? And you don't necessarily have to release it. Well, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, 
and maybe maybe some of it's worth using, maybe some of it's not. You won't know if you don't finish. Yeah. In, in writing, Hemingway famously said the first draft of everything is, and I won't use the word he used. I don't know your audience, but uh, it's not rated. <laughs> okay. Every the first draft of everything is shit. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's true. Nobody likes their first drafts, but you can't get a second draft until you got a first. Ah, that's true. That's very true. And so for, for younger writers especially, um, I would strongly say finish it. If it's not good, put it put it away. Five years later, you might be a good enough writer to, to look at it. and, and You can go back to the graveyard and pick up exact pieces of some a part of it that did work. Yes, and that's what writers do a lot. Yeah, I steal from myself in that way and with music a lot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you uh, may have a hook that you really like, but just you don't have anywhere to put it. That's exactly what happened to me with one of our favorite, favorite songs of mine that I'm most proud of is a song that was a first in the graveyard. And then later, as I became a better songwriter, or at least I think I have, I hope I have, uh, I did a whole different thing, and I was like, I need something to bring it home. Yeah. And I went back to the graveyard, and I was like, what about that song that I abandoned? Yep. And I took out what worked and left what didn't. And made a Frankenstein song that I'm yeah. very proud of. And and, and uh, Francis Rossi's the lead guitarist for Status Quo, the band I was telling you about. Uh-huh. And so a lot of times he'll do things on stage and he'll just be ad-libbing. And he'll play something he really likes that he's never done before. And he'll go over to one of the stage crew and say, I'm going to play that again, record it. So that he remembers it. And they can then use that for a different song. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, you know, because, I mean, he's just messing around, and he goes down a, a track he'd never thought about going down before, and he plays something, he goes, ooh, ah, that's tasty. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's the same way in writing. Uh, I, my, my first novel uh, was not, I'm, it did not see the light of day. It, it's a good thing it didn't see the light of day. And yet, I've lifted whole sections of that for my later work that were really good, it's just the rest of it wasn't. And you can do that. You can then recycle your own stuff and use it in a way that's a lot better. Nice. Yeah. I may uh I may start doing that. It, even if I'm even if I'm in the middle of a song that I know is not gonna make it, go ahead and finish it. And you know, that way when I do go back to the graveyard to find a piece, it's a it's a complete piece of work. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, I didn't or, think or about maybe it that you'll way. You'll hear something and you'll go, Hey man, that that might work in this. Yeah, exactly. You know, so yeah, I, I'm a big proponent of, of finishing what you start. Uh, I still I finish everything I start now. Um, I guess I could put stuff aside. I don't, but I could, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm just I think it's really important for an artist to just prove to themselves they can still do it. Yep. You know, or they can do it. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, before we go, be sure to you know give us all your plugs. Where can yeah, people yeah, find sure, your books? Where can sure. people find out about you? Uh, all my stuff. It's William Allen Webb. All my stuff's available on Amazon. Uh, I'm in ebook. I'm in print. I uh, my website is www.thelastbrigade.com. Brigade is B-R-I-G-A-D-E. And on Facebook, you can find me at uh, the Facebook. The actual tag is Keep You Up All Night Books, but the name of the page is The Worlds of William Allen Webb. Nice. I'm going to check Alan's that out. A-L-A-N, by the way. A-L-A-N? Yeah. yeah, you need to check it out. We need to keep in contact because i got a couple of things that uh, I can't write music for, but 
you know, that are lyrics from my, some, of my, some of my books, I intended to be a song. Oh, nice. That I wrote as poems, but they're intended to be a song. I started out writing poetry. Before I learned to play guitar, I wrote poetry. There you go. And then when I learned to play guitar, all that energy turned into songs. And, and one of my, my more famous that everybody seems to like is called The Ballad of Nick D.A. And he's my main character. Oh, okay, okay. And uh, uh, so, you know. Yeah, I love to compose. Like, like I said, out of the whole process, like you, you have to go play shows to sell yourself. But out of doing shows, recording, and and writing, and promoting, like all every facet of it, the most enjoyable to me is is the writing process. Okay, you hear all that, you Last Brigade fans? You're gonna have a song to download here. <laughs> nice. For too much longer. Speaking of downloading, one last question. Uh, yeah. I'm old school. I like tangible things that I can sure. put in my yeah. hand. Yeah. I go buy CDs. Right. I don't buy ebooks. Sometimes I'll read a comic book online just because it's easier to lay in bed yeah. with a tablet than a flashlight and a, and a comic. Uh, but I like to I like to own it. And even though when I sell a CD, I'm physically giving something away that I have to restock. I still prefer physical tangible. How do you feel about the ebook situation, or well, do you care? Um, I do read ebooks because I write ebooks. Yeah. And, um, most of my sales come from ebooks. Yeah. But I would prefer to read a physical book. Yeah, because you still got the book when you're done with it. You put it on the shelf. It's almost like a, you know, a decoration in a way. It is, and and, and especially with sign, uh, I'll never forget having met that author to get them to sign. Right. That's just experience. It, it's an experience. So you're you're reliving your memories and stuff. Right. And uh, uh, so I understand ebooks. I do have a Kindle. I do read it. Okay, sorry if you're a Barnes and Noble employee, but you know. <laughs> uh, and so I do, I do read ebook format, but um, I would prefer to read a physical book. Right. Yeah, me too. But like you said, out of convenience, sometimes it's just a, a lot easier to do yeah. it on the tablet. When I come to something like this, I'm traveling. Uh, I can put my Kindle in my back pocket. I went to dinner last night. I was reading it, and the waitress asked me the same question: Do you like reading? Uh, from an e, you know, from a Kindle. Yeah. And, and my answer was the same. I would prefer a real book, but it's a lot easier to carry this around when I'm traveling. Yeah. I think Stan Lee said it best one time when somebody asked him about what he thought about digital comics. He said, "Comics are like breasts. They look great on a computer screen, but I'd rather have them in my hands." Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought that was hilarious. That is. That's pretty funny. Yeah. And when you buy like like a comic book or a, or just a, a book, uh, when you when you read it and you're done with it, you still have it. You own you it. It's not air. You know, it's not digital. <laughs> right. It, it's a tangible object. Yeah. 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 There, there is a, uh, there's a definite tactile experience that you come from actually handling something. Yeah. For sure. Well, man, I've really enjoyed it. I only got yeah. I caught half of the interview, and I, it's still, I, I thought it was great. I'm looking forward to hearing the first half of great. it okay. as a well, listener. Great. I'm looking forward to hearing it, too. <laughs> thanks. Well, thanks again. You have a safe trip back to Memphis? Yeah, Memphis. Oh. Well, outside of Memphis. I just yeah, heard on the news today is the first re uh, report of coronavirus in Memphis. Oh, awesome. So, uh, thanks. I really wanted to hear that. Keep your head, keep your head down, like. Keep your, yeah. keep your mask uh, handy. writing doesn't require me to go out in public. In the public? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks again, man. I enjoyed it. And I'll uh, send you the links and stuff. Yeah, um, we'll, We tag everybody in each episode. Okay, you got my card yesterday, right? Yeah, but I got so many cards. Yeah, give me another one. I'm going to take yours. And, and all, all of our stuff. This is basically a card and a flyer. Okay, it's cool. Got all oh, you have Bob Salvatore on. Wow.
Yeah, and we have a, have we given away all the music ones? There's one flyer that just has some of the bands that we've interviewed. Okay. No, it's, we gave all those away. Hey, listen. Oh, here we go, here we go. If you listen to Quo, listen to the early stuff. I'm definitely going to. Uh, I'll tell you the album to start with. It's it's raw because it was like they're, they were still feeling their way around. Start with a band, the one called Piledriver. Mm-hmm. That's the one that launched them. I may have heard Piledriver. That sounds familiar. Well, there's a band called Piledriver. There's also a band called Machine Head. <laughs> yeah. And Deep Purple has, you know. Uh, but uh, but Piledriver, it's got it's got some really driving stuff on it, and they were they were feeling their way. And that's the first one where they went, okay, let's. It's got some quiet stuff that's really good, but then it's got some real driving stuff too. Yeah, my favorite thing to do is discover a band that's been around a long time, and me go, "How did I not know about this?" That's exactly what that. happened to me. Yeah. Is I, I found out they got 33 albums, and and they lost their drummer in '81 and their bassist in '85, and so things changed. But but up through '81, there's like 12 albums, and I, I I'd never heard of them, and I, I looked at them, and went, "How the hell have I never heard of right. these people?" I mean, these guys are great. Why have I never heard of them? It's like finding out an awesome TV show that's in like nine seasons. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Have oh, a good one, man. I'll tell you, on the TV show, Justified, Justified? I, just, I just started seeing some of the clips for it on YouTube. Have you ever seen it? Uh-uh. Oh, my God, it's the best show ever. <laughs> that was me with Shameless. Shameless is ending on season nine, and I just started watching it. I was Just, like, how did I miss this? Justified was uh, taken from a, I forgot my hat. From oh, a, yeah, I moved it when I sat down. Uh, it was based on a short story by Elmore Leonard. Mark, you going to ride the bull this time? <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll talk fast. <laughs> well, one thing I wanted to catch up with you about is uh, you have a new, new location. Yes, we do. It we, looks dope. I haven't been in there, but the pictures look awesome. Well, you, y'all need to come by and check it out. I'm going it's, to. Uh, we're at 800 East Main in the old Anytime Fitness building right next to the Dairy Cream. So you can come in the shop, buy some comics, and go get you an ice cream cone. Or work out, because it used to be a workout Well, facility. I mean, you can work out. Now, there's no equipment there, <laughs> oh, okay. but you can, like, bench press some boxes. Oh, nice. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> trucks. Yeah, I mean, yeah, comic books and ice cream, I mean, there's really, well, there's only one better combination. <laughs> yes. Indeed. And this is a family podcast. That so. is correct. So we're just going to keep that on the DM. Yeah. So uh, how did this come about? I mean, were you looking for a new place or well, it, it just kind of happened? We just keep outgrowing where we're at. That's good. That's, that's good no, that's, that's, yeah, this that's, place looks that's a lot no bigger. bull. It's, uh, we, we, the, the place we had before was, was adequate, but we didn't have any showroom floor hardly. Right, yeah, that one, that first room right. you walk into is kind of And, and yeah. you had those two rooms there. One was the toys and then one was the comics. And then in the back, we had just, I mean, everything crammed in every room that was all throughout it. Now, this place, we can get just about everything on the floor that we want. Nice, so that's good. It's, uh, it's definitely a, you know, a lot better, more convenient for people to get to. Uh, there's a lot more foot traffic that we have coming in because if y'all ever been to the Dairy Cream, that place stays packed all yeah. day long. Yeah, the only problem I think with the old facility, it was like when you look at it out front, you couldn't really tell 
because I think like there's like an awning or something there. Right, you right. couldn't really tell it was a comic book store. I mean, right. if you knew it was there. And we had knew. two small signs, and they yeah. weren't really. This one we're, we we've we've bought, paid for. We're waiting on the signs to come. They're going to be up on that big marquee nice. where the Anytime Fitness was. Yeah. And and then you'll uh, you, so you won't miss us. Do you have a, a like where as far as distance wise from your old store? Oh, we're right around the corner. Oh, so it's just right. Okay. Yeah, you, we're 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 literally right around the corner from from where we were. Just, you know, you turn off veterans coming from our old shop back going towards the Bank Corp South Center, right there on the left. Okay, great. You got any funny stories? Anything that's happened since we talked last? Oh man, working with Terry Comer is. I mean, that's <laughs> funny enough as it is. Yeah, that's a funny story I mean, in itself. Huh? But uh, I mean, if I can keep Terry from buying stuff. I mean, we might actually, you know, run a legit business, you know. But, <laughs> but I mean, you know, it doesn't matter what comes in. I mean, Terry gonna buy it. Yeah. So, but it's good to have inventory, and you definitely have a lot of it. Yeah, and it just keeps growing. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it's, it's. Like, didn't you say the stuff like you have here? You have two huge sections here. Yes. But this isn't the stuff from the store. This is just the. Well, no, that now the comics are not from the store. The toys we kind of pull them random. The, the toys, about half of our toys that we've got came off the shelves. The other half came from storage. Okay. So, uh, and we want everybody to just come and buy everything we've got before we leave. I know the prices keep getting lower as yes, the day. Yes, they do. As, as the day progresses, as the sun sets, the prices set. So. Right. That's always good. Watch out for falling prices. What, what are you moving the, the most of these days? Like, uh, uh, Mostly newer, newer, you know, current issues of comics. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people have subs with you. Yeah, we've got we've got uh, we're pushing a hundred subs. Nice. So uh, it uh, that's that's nice, you know, because that's you know that's guaranteed revenue for the shop, and we try to you know we try to accommodate everybody best we can. Uh, toy wise, pops and Marvel Legends and stuff like that. Any particular that. pop that's really really hot mm, right now? The uh, we sold out of the Thanos. Well, no, we sold all but one Thanos snap pop. Okay. And uh, usually the PX exclusives, they're the ones that people sort of gravitate towards. And there's a couple that's coming out. One of them's the I, I Am Iron Man snap. Oh yeah. And uh, and that that's one's cool. that one's huge. We went heavy on it. We've pre-sold uh, probably six or seven of those already. Nice. And then uh, there's one that's uh, Venom and Spider-Man uh, pop, where it's it's from issue 317, where Venom's got Spidey down on the ground and he's yeah. he's pummeling him. And uh, they did a. I bet our friend Mr. Lucius is going to order a bunch. Oh, of Oh, of course. He's you know he's going to. <laughs> he's all about that Spider-Man. And Venom. He he's 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 a Venom addict. He so, is. Yes. He's got a problem. He does. It's a good problem for you though. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's great it for works me. Works out for you. Yes, yes. You're the dealer. <laughs> yes, yes. Do you know if on the pop side if they're going to come out with the Mandalorian or the Witcher? They have. They've done the Mandalorian already. Uh, we got all the man. They sent us all the Mandalorian characters except the Mandalorian. Wow. So uh, the only Mandalorian when we got is him on the Blurg, but uh, we actually—I think we've got one left, maybe, but we could be sold out for all I know yeah. because they went fast. We've sold a lot of their of the the other characters, but now the uh, they they've yet to send us Mando himself. So, uh, but we're just waiting. They're just they're kind of backlogged because there were so many of them. Yeah, and uh, it should be in the next week or so. Cool. I know you said you're in a hurry. I was just going to ask you one more thing real quick, um, if I remember what it was. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I, I see these, of course, variant covers is just the craze nowadays. Like, the 
the A cover is usually like not even worth anything because the, it's the B and C and D. And, right. And now you've got like TupeloCon theoretically could have a, a cover that's just a, that's TupeloCon that's exclusive. And then there's a lot of comic book shops that'll be like, this is the Mile High Comics exclusive that's cover that you have to go there to get this cover. Now, I know that's a huge volume thing and a huge price thing, but is that anything that interests you at all to try oh, to do one Oh, absolutely. Like I have a Brat Comics exclusive Tia and I have talked about it, uh, about doing one of those. And, uh, you know, we would have to have a certain amount of, of interest generated by, you know, folks. Yeah, because you probably have to sell a bunch of them. Well, you, you, you really do. Yeah, you got to buy them, you know. And, and plus, too, if you get a crappy artist. Yeah. You know they're hard to move on the internet at that point. Yeah, they need you know, to look cool and, too. And you've got you know they've got to be an awesome cover in order for you to, you know, to really get one. Yeah. But uh, but you know it, it's definitely something that we're looking at. You know, or we have looked at. And who knows if we grow big enough, we might I mean, have you, our own. You've one come of these a long days. way. I mean, you started out you know pretty big because everybody needs to listen to the last episode or last time you're on. You talk yeah. about how you kind of jump started your your comic book business, but. Uh, yeah, I've I've watched it grow and it's it's really cool to see. This is a good time to be doing what you're doing. Oh yeah, you're in. You're living in the. It's a great time to be a nerd. You're, you're, in the yeah, world. see that is correct. <laughs> I mean, nerddom. This this is this it. Is, who, who would have thought that? Like, well, I was I was like a, a kid in school getting bullied for being a nerd. But now the we're if you're not a nerd, you're in the minority. Right. I mean, that's. I mean, it's the cool thing to be. Right. Now. It's the cool thing to be. <laughs> and I mean, you can be a jock and a nerd. Yeah. I mean. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I know I know a lot of people that are. I mean, crap! I'm a football coach, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, look at us. I mean, right? And nerds. Yeah, I don't look. I don't look like your typical nerd. I don't think. Right. So I, I would get like some funny looks back in the I day. I mean, y'all are supposed to be head banging. Yeah. I'm supposed to be chewing some kid out for not, you know, for not doing his job right. Yeah, exactly. And here we are in the middle of nerddom. That's right. All right, well, uh, like I said, I know you're in a hurry and you got to pack up and get out of here. Um, but uh, is there anything else you want to plug? Or? Hey, you guys are great. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> we don't hear that enough. Uh, we'll go ahead and plug your Facebook page and stuff, too. Yes. And Brack, you have an actual website? Or Brack, we, we, we had one, but it's kind of filtered out because we haven't had time to, to do it. But follow us on Facebook, Brat Comics. Instagram is, is I think, at Brat Comics. Uh, but just type in Brat Comics. You're going to find us. I don't think I follow you on Instagram. I didn't but know we've got Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and then, of course, you know, uh, we, we've got the website, but it, it's kind of just petered out on us. So Yeah. But, I still renew our domain, but it's sometimes I'm like, why spend the money? It gets well, see, and that's like me. I, I've renewed ours, but nobody's using websites anymore. It no, may come back around, though. I don't it know. may. <laughs> Nowadays, it's social media or bust. Yep. Exactly. And it's free, so right. it's kind of tempting not to. <laughs> Correct. All right, man. We'll uh, have fun loading all this stuff. Yes, up. thanks. <laughs> have a good one. It's funny, like, we used to, like, try to get, like, celebrity reviews and yeah. get people calling in on the phone. and Yeah. But then sometimes the, the more popular pod, podcasts we've released uh, are just when we're just sitting around bullcrapping. Yeah. And, People like to be a fly on the wall. Sure, and sure. And that's the kind of podcast yeah. I listen to yeah. is the ones that are more conversational than yeah, they are interviewing. Like, hey, what's your favorite color? What do you like to sure, drink? Sure, <laughs> sure, sure. How, so, how, I mean, how, how often does, I mean, how, I mean, how do you, how you do episodes or how's, how's we, how, uh, what's your format like? When we were syndicated through uh, Rock Ridge Radio, we had to have a show out a week and okay. it had to be exactly 60 minutes because they had like blocks. Gotcha. Um, that got kind of tedious because I don't, 
well, first of all, I got a full-time job, yeah, I got a band, yeah, I got, yeah. it's, it's hard to crank out an, an episode a week, and plus, sure, sure. it kind of waters down the content, I don't have sure. as much to talk about gotcha. doing an hour a week. Now gotcha. we shoot for two a month, okay, yeah. but sometimes it's one a month, uh, yeah. depending on what's, like right now, Killjoy's yeah. recording a new album, and that's yeah. eating up a lot of my free time. Sure. And, uh, free time, man? What's that? Yeah, what is that, indeed. <laughs> and uh, Not to mention, you know, this is railroad festival season, which sure. I'll get to in a minute. That's another thing. I mean, me and you talk back and forth yeah. through texting because, you know, we yeah. work well alongside each other yeah. in the entertainment of the railroad festival. And uh, I hardly ever get to talk to you because y'all have meetings sure. during the day in Amory and I work in yeah. Fulton. So this is a good, a good yeah. chance for me it to is, talk to you about railroad festival. It is. And, and, <laughs> it is. Yeah. and get the 411. But first, um, yeah. talk to us about your business and the stuff you had set up today. And yeah, man. So uh, so we've got, a, we've got a couple of businesses set up here. Uh, we got Deadwood Escape Rooms, which well, we've had that since 2016, uh, and we're on uh, Cliff Gookin Boulevard here in Tupelo, and so that's that's something that my brother and I, Jason, started together, and um, it's, it's 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 been incredible to see how it's grown and um, see what it's yeah, that kind of stuff's really popular right now. It that's is kind of blowing up. It is. It is. Um, as uh, you know, as as time goes on, we're seeing more and more uh, pop up, primarily in larger cities, and um, you know, anytime that we go on go on trips or go out of town, we always try and find an escape room there to uh, oh, uh, to, yeah. to to do. I mean, I mean, we're, I mean, even though we own one, I mean, we're still fans. I mean, we 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 enjoy right, yeah. uh, enjoy doing them. You think it gives you an edge? You know, like how to figure them out. It 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 does. It does. It, experience plays a huge role in in these things, and that's what we tell people when they come to us. Because um, normally, if somebody's never done one before, uh, it, it's gonna go it's gonna go one of two ways. They're either gonna have like great I don't know. Beginner's luck might not be the right way to to put it, but you know they're gonna they're gonna do really well, or it's gonna take them maybe, you know, ten or fifteen minutes to sort of get the get the flow, understand really what they're doing, look look for those connections, and uh, and then once once they do that, once they once they find that stride, then they're normally you know normally good. So experience, you know, like so many things, experience is yeah. very very beneficial. So we've got. Is yours strictly an escape room, or do you have like a storyline that you got to fulfill to get to the end of it? Uh, well, well, I mean, as as you go throughout each room, I mean, there is a story component to it, uh, but primarily you are you are solving puzzles to escape. So, I mean, like one one room we have is Pirate Cove, and uh, you're on this pirate ship, the Black Dagger, and the Royal Navy is caught up to you, and you've come under fire, and the ship is sinking. So you've got 60 minutes to find your way off the pirate ship before you okay. sink to the bottom of Davy Jones' locker. So I mean, it's oh, okay. uh, I mean, so I mean, there. I mean, each each one does have a story, um, but um, you know, and hopefully the puzzles tie into that storyline as you're as you're going through to sort of help progress progress the story. Um, you ever but, have to step in and bail people out? Uh, <laughs> they get stuck. Well, we 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 offer hints. So we, I mean, each okay. each each room as it's uh, as it's taking place. Um, we've got cameras in each room, so they're being monitored by a room host. And so, if you need some help, I mean, we can see. In, I mean, I guess it's sort of a good or bad thing. Uh, we can see in here what's going on in the rooms. So it's like uh, the government when you're not yeah, like, yeah, like, <laughs> like, 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 like the government. Um, for, for what it's worth, we do not record these rooms and we do not stream them. We, sometimes we jokingly say, you know, we're, yeah, this is streaming on YouTube right now. Uh, so that would be awesome. It, <laughs> Some some people have offered to pay for that also, but um, we we don't. But uh, a, a room host is monitoring each room, and so uh, if they're stuck and need help, they can say, "Hey, give us a clue," and our room host will send them a clue, and it'll pop up on the TV um, in the room with them. So we're not we're not physically in the room uh, with them. Uh, so I mean, they, it, there, there's no reason that they should just get super frustrated and and you know just want to you know bang their head. Yeah, against I imagine y'all have to 
uh, adjust and change things just so like people that have already done it will, will come back because if they, if you yeah. do it like on Tuesday and come back Wednesday you'll probably know you're you're right you're right so that's so we I mean so we've been open for a little over three years uh, yeah I think it is and um more than that and so we've probably had 15 rooms since we've been open so I mean we will we'll, we'll put rooms in and then um, you know when the t- when we feel the timer's right we'll change them out uh, I mean it's it's very similar to a movie theater. The movie theater stays the same place, but if they show the same movies yeah. all the time, people yeah, are going yeah. to stop going. That's a good um, comparison, yeah. And so we, you know, for for the people, for the people that love escape rooms and come and do all of our rooms, that's sort of where our other business has really um, come into play. The Deadbolt Mystery Society, because uh, we create a new, uh, we we sort of merged a murder mystery and an escape room together. So every every month we are releasing a new. Uh, murder mystery box which involves puzzles like you would find in an escape room involves uh, things that are locked or password protected Um, solve a puzzle uh, helps give you a password to unlock something within the box or give you maybe it gives you a phone number that you then call Um, so you know we've we've sort of meshed the two things together and so what's great about that is let's say someone comes in and they've done all the escape rooms that we have at the time well every month we're putting out a new box that they can do at home um to give them sort of that that, that puzzle that puzzle over. fix yeah, yeah yeah sort of sort of hold them over until uh, we have a new a new room that's cool what's your hours of operation uh so we're open on fridays and saturdays uh, fridays 5 to 11 and saturdays 1 to 11 and um you know deadboltescaperooms.com is our website and we have all of our rooms listed there and we recommend that people go online and they you can re, you can reserve straight through the website and that's sort of what we encourage because you, you go and you reserve the time and the room that you want and so therefore you are guaranteed you know what what you were what you were looking for. Uh, I mean we do we do allow people to walk in, um, but we we sort of encourage people to, to to reserve through the website because then they're guaranteed a spot because if you right. just if you just if you walked in on a Saturday night we might be completely booked and um, you know we would hate to have to you know. How many people per group do you try to do? Uh, each each room, uh, each room holds eight people. Um, so I mean, it's I mean, and I mean, so the, so I mean, the room size is according to you know, you know fits that. Also, the number of puzzles within the room um, fits that. Uh, we do have one room that's uh, the name of it's infected, and it, it doesn't it holds six people because it's it's a little bit different setup. Um, but you know, if if someone has a group of ten and they want to come see us. All they have to do is just email us or call us, and and we can work on making, you know, arrangements for them. Nice. Yeah. You know, do you still do B train? I don't. No, dead deadbolt. Deadbolt escape rooms and and deadbolt the deadbolt mystery society is, uh, is a is full time job. Yeah. Uh, Do you book for parties and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, we, I mean, like birthday parties. Yeah, yeah, we can, we can, um, and we can also, I mean, we can open up outside of our hours, uh, for groups. We have a lot of groups that come to us for. Uh, corporate groups that come to us for team building. Uh, we've had some, we've had some groups come to us, sort of for uh, uh, an interview process. Because I mean, when when you put people in a room, you learn a whole lot about them. Yeah. Um, so let's, I mean, let's say that you know there's this job position that a company's hiring for, and they put everybody in this room, and then they come to our control room and watch them. Well, you can instantly see, you know, who's the leader, who's just sort of sitting back, who's letting somebody else do the work. Um, so there's, I mean, th- there's there's a lot of like good, good things and bad things you can learn from uh, <laughs> from watching people in these rooms. Yeah. Um, so, 
Well, um, I mean, uh, talking back to about the Railroad Festival. Yeah. When did you say y'all were going to release the entertainment lineup, or have you already? This week. This 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 this, this, this next week. It's what come, day? Do you know? Because this come don't come out till next week. Uh, well, it's 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 coming. Wanna. It's no, well, it, it's coming out in the in the newspaper on Wednesday. Okay. I know. Every, I know that. I know that for episode one for will so. be out by Wednesday, but this one probably won't be out for another week after yeah. that. If you want to, you yeah. know, yeah. Which I can cut it up. We can put this in day yeah. one if we actually need to. Yeah. But if there's anything you want to, you know, announce, or if you want to wait, that's fine too. It, it won't come out until after you've announced it. Oh no! I mean, that's. I mean, that's that's fine. So I mean, um, from an entertainment standpoint, so uh, the theme sort of this year of the Railroad Festival is through the decades. Yeah. I, I, I mean, um, that's something that. Our chairman Tommy came up with, and I mean, I think it's great. I mean, we just, you know, just finished a decade or starting a yeah, decade. Or, I mean, how, however, yeah. you, however you count all these things, and so, um, you know, we've tried to keep that in mind when booking some of the entertainment. So uh, Thursday, our headliner is Dina Carter. Um, you know, sort of, you know, '90s strawberry yeah, wine. strawberries wine. You know, <laughs> um, you know, bring that that country flavor in there. So we'll have her. Um, We'll have her, and then we'll have opening for her will be Joseph Baldwin. He's played for us at the festival before. He's great. On Friday, we have our headliners, Resurrection. They are a Journey tribute band from Nashville, and they're fantastic. We've had them uh, a couple of years um, at the festival. So they'll be back, and Blues Council will be opening for them. Um, and then on Saturday, we have another band from Nashville, a World Turning Band. They're a, uh, a Fleetwood Mac tribute band. So... So sort of our headliners. That should be really popular. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna be great. So our, you know, our headliners, hopefully feeling those, uh, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s, uh, you know, uh, that that vibe for through the decades, and then on Saturday also. So opening for, um, world turning band is, colors that end in purple. Oh yeah, Kim Coleman. Yeah, yeah um, Kim Coleman, Mayor, and uh, Bubba Cheese, and then. Um, uh, Breaking Grass and Black Top Ridge. So those, that's that'll be the entertainment from the from the, the main stage. And I mean, I'm excited about. It. I mean, I'm excited about the the Railroad Festival in general. I mean, this is the 40 first or second second, I 42nd. think 42nd. Yeah, yeah, 42nd year. I mean, um, my uh, my my mother just from. I mean, I was I was born during the Railroad Festival, and yeah. she reminds me of that. It was a Coming a massive thunderstorm, so uh, you know, like most railroad festivals. Like, like most railroad festivals, <laughs> if, yeah. If, if Northeast Mississippi is ever hit with a major drought, all we have to do is throw up a railroad festival. This, and it'll you, cure you, it. this, this is this is this is this you is know, true. We, we make a lot of jokes like that, but honestly, if you if you run the numbers, the weather's been overall good to us. It just sucks that it's yes. done it so many years in a row it so has. hard, yeah. uh, like really really screwed us. But uh, yeah, we're not we're not we're not just speaking, talking about showers. I mean, we're talking about I mean, tornadoes. Yeah. And Severe yeah. weather. Yeah, yeah, dangerous stuff. Yeah. Uh, but but we've been lucky overall. I think. I mean, nobody's ever been hurt. That's yeah. always good. Yeah. And uh, it, it in averages, it's usually not a as big of a deal breaker as it has been. Sure. Sure. And if you just have one here and there, you don't take such a financial loss. But when yeah. you got two or three in a row, it You're really right. it right. really hurts things. And you know, I mean, there's 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 so much. I mean, not only just from the the railroad festival, like the committee standpoint how the the weather impacts us but i mean you know i mean lots of people that come as as vendors and set up there i mean this is this is their livelihood mm -hmm. so i mean if you know if, yeah. i mean if, if they're hoping for and, and planning for a big weekend and then it you know comes a massive flood well i mean that's i mean 
you know, that can greatly negatively impact them. And, um, you know, it's definitely not what we want. So, I always thought the Railroad Festival was so fascinating to me. It, I, it, even though I've been involved with it for like 13-ish years now, yeah. I still never ceases to amaze me um, how impossible it is that it exists in the capacity that it does. Because yeah. There's more people that come to the festival than people that live in Amory. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's yeah. small town festivals yeah. all over the southeast, yeah. possibly all over the nation, but yeah. none of them are come hold a candle to the sure. the impact and the size of the, the yeah. railroad festival. Yeah. The railroad festival yeah. is one of the best. I, I don't know how it got so huge. If, if it was luck or if it was just you know con- consistency or I don't know what made it grow so big. Um, but it's it's always just been massive. One year they had like a census person or or whoever yeah. does numbers. And uh, I don't know how they do this, but they averaged like ninety thousand people. Wow! Is that right? And I, mean, I mean, we've I mean, we've had some we've had some serious numbers. That's that's for sure. I'm talking um, for the whole from yeah. Wednesday to Sunday. Yeah. They said ninety thousand people came. Through. I can believe it. I mean, I haven't. I mean, I haven't heard that specific number, but I mean, um, I mean, thirty thousand wouldn't surprise when me. When the when the when the weather sure. is right, I mean, just you know, when the when the conditions oh, are magic. perfect there. The I mean, weather's nice. Everybody wants to get out. People, like, people hey, are looking for things. Going on. Yeah, I mean, people. I mean, people are people are looking for things in the area to do. I mean, and it's free. I mean, you can buy right stuff, there. but you don't. Right there's there. no admi- admission. I mean, right how there. often do you see, especially with like the music yeah. that's available? Yeah. Those those bands that you've booked, people pay yeah. big money yeah. to see those. Yeah, and they can just walk up with a chair and sit down and listen. They can. They and can. I, that, I don't think we, emph- uh, you know, it's emphasized enough. Like, hey, this is free. You can come it in is. and have a great time, even if you're broke. And I know most of us are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, any anything that you can do to. Um, provide you know, family-friendly entertainment and, and, and a family-friendly um, ex- ex- environment and experience is is, is great. And, um, you know, I mean, I'm glad that we can – I'm glad that we can do that. I've been involved with the festival since 2012, and um, so the capacity I'm in right now is not the capacity I was brought on for. Um, <laughs> uh, but, I mean, it's I mean it's, it's been great just seeing how things have grown. And, I mean, it's it's so different from when I was going to the festival as a child. Yeah. I mean, when – I mean, I mean, I always look forward to getting out of school for Railroad Festival Friday and and going down there and um, you know, getting into getting into mischief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, for sure. I've always said somebody should do a documentary about the Railroad Festival. I, I think that would be like a like a full inside, outside, full blown documentary about how it's the origin, how it started, yeah. how it's developed. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of interesting things, and I've seen kind of behind the curtain now, uh, the good and the bad yeah. would make for an interesting documentary. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I mean, t- to me, it, to me, it sounds like you're outlining a perfect project for you right now. That's yeah, because <laughs> I have so much free time <laughs> in your free time, right? Yeah, don't uh, do that because he'll push it yeah. off on me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've actually, I've actually brought it up to some of my fil- filmmaker friends, and you know, they're all like, re- real busy with their own projects. But I'm like, I'm telling you, sure. I've seen, I've watched documentaries on Netflix that are way less interesting than yeah. the, the Railroad Festival. Yeah. <laughs> it is, is definitely a, a fascinating <laughs> thing that a, in such a small town, comparatively speaking, that such it's such a big thing and, and and it's not just a one two day it's from wednesday to sunday mm-hmm. it's, it's it's massive it's well crazy. i mean when you when you take a when you take a town that was founded on the railroad you know so i mean the i mean i, I feel like the origin of the the city itself is very interesting yeah, yeah it is and then then you infuse that into creating a festival uh, i mean uh, i mean there's i mean yeah. It's kind of like Vardaman in the Sweet Potato yeah. Festival. Yeah. It is nowhere near as huge as the railroad festival. Yeah. They don't have the carnival like yeah. we got. Yeah. 
they don't have mm -hmm. as much live entertainment, mm -hmm. especially the big names yeah, that you yeah, get. Yeah, yeah. But it, it's based around what the the town was yeah. created with. So. Sweet potato capital of the, of the world. Yep. yep. Um, I don't think people realize just how difficult booking is. Yeah. It is. I've been not on a, the capacity yeah. that you're in in it, but I've been in the in the booking part of things before in it. Uh, not for the festival, but it it's it is not easy because you you're dealing with touring artists mm -hmm. like your your guys from Nashville or, yeah. or somebody from Memphis. That's not that hard, but sure. especially if they're not on tour, you can say, "Hey, sure. we're doing this thing. Can you come sure. down to do sure. it?" And you work out a deal. You got contracts, but like these people that are on tour, you got to catch them routed. Mm -hmm. Like if they're if if you want them on Thursday and and uh, Wednesday night they're in New Hampshire. Yeah. You know they're not gonna come to their L festival. Yeah. I mean they would if you just offered them a million dollars probably. But you know it's it's you got to get them routed. You got to get uh, the the bands that the people are gonna want to see. Yeah. You know it's and you got to negotiate. It's yeah. it's a and I'm preaching to choir here, but it's, it's a, <laughs> I, I appreciate what you do because yeah. I, I know how stressful it can be. Well, I mean, there there are so many so many variables, just like just like you were saying, and um, you know, some someone might be booked in New Hampshire on Wednesday, and you want them to play on Friday, and you know what, they can get there, but then guess what? If that's something that you make happen, next thing you know, you might be having to shell out the money for airline tickets instead yeah, exactly. of instead of if they'd come through on a bus or something. So I mean, you know, it, it there are variables that that will change the change the asking price or change the things that you have to oh, yeah. uh, that you have to you put into place and so then very quickly the the budget that you have is uh you know is it, slowly, slowly dwindling <laughs> and um and you know, <laughs> with you mark you might be like what's a what's a budget man what is <laughs> what budget? is, I'm, I'm I'm <laughs> what gonna is look it? it up on yeah yeah on, uh, the dictionary online see what that is now uh, yeah, yeah. uh i've been i've been very fortunate uh especially how y'all because like when i've First started the second stage. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you know, like, kind of the origin story, but Kill J played on the main stage. Yeah. I kept bugging Art. Me and Art are really yeah. good friends. I was like, "Come on, just let us play." Yeah. And uh, and he was all all into yeah. it, but he knew that there would be backlash sure. because we're not exactly uh, how do I put this delicately? <laughs> yeah. We're not exactly palatable to everyone yeah. that would be there for that. Yeah. Well, and, we got to play it because uh, we won a battle of the bands, did we not? I it was something he incorporated that something like that just to get us on, just to get us and it was a it was a success yeah. and a disaster because like you you look out from the stage and it was packed and like you had this huge section of kids they were just pumping their fist and and having a great time. We take a picture, uh, and then you had this big row of parents in the back with their yeah. arms crossed going. Nope. <laughs> Sounds like 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 Footloose. Is that what sort of what we're talking about? <laughs> like they were not happy. They did not think it was awesome. But yeah. the kids the kids loved it. And me and Art were laughing about it. And we, he used to read me the hate mail. He would get through emails. Oh, uh. And uh, it, we would we would sit sit there and just have a, a kick a laugh about it. But uh, I told him I was like, look, man, I don't want to mess up what you got going on. I don't want to cause you problems. I was like, just give us a broom closet or a corner or something somewhere, and just let yeah. me do my thing. Yeah. Because uh, I've yeah. I got contacts for all these bands. These, these they're hungry to play. They they yeah. want gigs, and I was like, I, I'm connected with people who have equipment, and mm -hmm. and I was like, just give me give me a corner somewhere. And, and we've moved around over the years to find the the ideal spot. And ironically, we're come we're back around to to where we started, 
but but <laughs> but I mean, all I had was permission in the yep. beginning, but it's evolved through the years, and y'all been gracious and kind enough to yeah. provide yeah. me with the staging yeah. and the sound and the lights. You have no idea yeah. how much that helps me because used to I used to have to find like horse trailers and yeah. and and PA systems that I would have to splice together and it would blow up in the middle of the show. I think I think I think I remember the first year. I think I do. Yeah, it was on a it was on a flatbed uh-huh. trailer, uh-huh. and we had to like put new boards in the trailer because. Uh-huh. It was rotted and people were falling through. <laughs> was, that's a show right there. Yeah, that's exactly. We made steps yeah. with the pallet because yeah. yeah. we had we had to pick the trailer up the yeah. center blocks. Oh, yeah, it's so much easier now. Where yeah. it, it the, the just y'all providing the stage and the lights and the sound is like, dude, yeah. I'm not complaining at all. I'll, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, uh, with with you saying all that, one one thing that one thing that I try and encourage um, and and share with people is. I don't want there to be like any y'all and us, like you know we're yeah. the you know we're the yeah. you know we're the, this right. is this is the festival, and so um, you know of course it, it can it can be difficult, especially where where we live, getting people to respect all forms of music. I mean, yeah. that, I mean, I mean, I mean, all forms of music. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and you know, I feel like me. As I've stepped into this role, or as I was pushed into the role, or voted into it, however you, <laughs> however you, however you, however you want to say that, um, you know, I appreciate a lot of music. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I, I love I love music in general, and and you know, while I feel like the Railroad Festival, a lot of the crowd that comes there are traditional country fans, um, bluegrass, blues. Um, you know, there's still, I mean, there's still plenty of people who are hungry for, um, you know, rock and, and, and what you guys are doing. Yeah. Some, the, people like um, some, some people like it a little spicy. Some people like it a little Some people like it a little spicy. That's right. Um, I, the way I've always yeah, put it yeah, is uh, yeah. when you open up a box of crayons, there's more than three colors. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with. You got more than three <laughs> colors in your box? <laughs> hey, I, came from a good, yeah. No. yeah. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there, there's more out there than just yeah. what, what you grew up listening sure. to. And sure. that's why I got into hard rock and heavy yeah. metal because I was like, "Hey, where are the rest of the, the, the yeah. crayons?" You know, yeah. we, we, there's more. To, yeah. There's nothing wrong. Yeah. I love country and yeah. I love southern yeah. rock and, yeah. and blues and all that. Yeah. But that's yeah. not all I like. And yeah. and that was kind of like my take on it. Like it, the, the Railroad Festival is a music festival yeah. first. That's what it started as. Yeah. Yeah. And I love music and I'm I'm glad that I'm able to to maybe bring a, a different element. But you know that. They call the second stage the rock stage, and it primarily is because I'm in a rock band, so naturally I know more rock bands than I do other. But we've got a little bit of everything, especially this year. I even had to put some of my acoustic acts into incorporate into the Saturday okay. because I had so many that wanted oh, to play. Oh, good. Uh, so that's a good problem to have. Absolutely. I've, got, I've got so many people that, that want to play, and we've got acoustic stuff. We usually have gospel, and uh, we've had a, we had a really good southern rock band, Stone Chamber, mm-hmm. last year. And uh, which Dr. Van is now in Jumping the Gun, which is playing this year. So there's there's a variety there too, and uh, I think to, for me, I I would rather go to a. I try to put on something that I wouldn't want to go to. Sure. You know, and yeah. I, I know that's, that's the way you are yeah. too. I see. I get jealous of your Instagram because you're at so many concerts and stuff yeah. all the time. Like, yeah, well, well, you got a really cool shows and stuff. I know you're a music lover yourself. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, I've 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 signed a contract for again, like I said, for for uh, for country acts for this year. But I mean, within the last month, I've been to see um, Queensrÿche and yep. Alter Bridge. I mean, that's not you know. I mean, I mean, that's I mean, that's not who that's not who I'm booking for the festival. Right. Um, but you know, I mean, 
And it was funny, it's like people come up to me, and I know they do it to you all the time, mm -hmm. and they'll be like, dude, why don't y'all book so-and-so, why don't y'all book, yeah. and it's like, dude, it is not that easy. Yeah. You can't just call 1-800-GARTH BROOKS, and he picks up the phone <laughs> and says, festival, festival, yeah. I'm there, bro. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not the way it works. It is, it's it, months of negotiations. Yeah. And, and some of the artists just ask ridiculous prices. And their asking price, and again, I'm preaching to the choir here, I know, that's, that doesn't even, that that's puts a scratch in what it, it winds up costing sure. overall. Because then you got the travel, you got the lodging, you got the, the meals and, and their, their crew, and the it goes on and on and on. And it's, yeah. even if a band says, we'll come play for 3,000 bucks, they're really probably coming for six or seven once it's all said and done. Yeah, yeah I mean, there, I mean there, there are a lot of I mean, hidden costs that people don't yes. see. And I mean, some people's rider alone yeah, is that, hundreds yeah. of hundreds. You know, I'll, I'll, say, I'll say what I've experienced in the few years that I've been doing this that, like, um, I haven't run into, like, any crazy requests on riders i mean i know people will joke about like you know this person only wants green m&ms or whatever yeah. and you know i mean i haven't i haven't run across anything like that but um but some of these some of these riders are very very lengthy and yeah. what, but what, what i found is most of the time when you get down to it and you start talking to them you know when you start advancing these dates like you know what you can you can leave off the Three bags of Tostitos chips and salsa, and you yeah. know, I mean, so they'll, I mean, they'll, they'll start helping you out some, and like, you know, we don't, yeah, there's, there's you know, a little bit, we don't, we don't, I mean, I mean, we don't need all that, so, yeah, uh, I mean, you know, everybody that I've dealt with so far has been great, and I mean, they're, I mean, people just like us, yeah, making a whole lot more money than us, but, um, yeah, you know, <laughs> sometimes it surprises me, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. um, and I've run into this, and I'm sure you have too, and you don't have to say any names, but there sometimes there's like an artist or performer that you assume is going to be like hard to work with maybe mm -hmm. because because they're they're so famous that they're going to be like kind of anal about everything sure. everything has to sure. be perfect and sure. and then there's like the people coming up you think will be humble but it's not always the case sure. sometimes people that are like uber famous are almost down to earth like yeah. you know cool and then some of them, some people that are like I can't I don't I'm never booking this person again <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I mean I, I mean I, I mean I, I can I can see that and I, mean, I have seen that and I mean you know, if if I find somebody is being really difficult to work with, I just I make sure that they're taken care of, and then I just try and step away. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, one one of the, one of the first years doing this, and this just this has just come with experience. I wanted to make sure that everything was perfect. Right. You know, so I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I've got everything. They'll blame you. I'm trying to have everything yeah, in place, yeah, and, and I'm just like, you know, I don't. I, the last thing I want is us, you know, bringing in, you know. Some uh, some big acts, and then I, I dropped the ball on this. And what I found was very quickly, you know, hey, can I do anything for you? Are you good? And and he's like, we're good. You know, I mean, you know, we'll let, we'll let you know if you need something. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I felt like I was being a, uh, you know, being very um, maybe over cautious. But I mean, yeah. you know, when you get it, when you step into new territory, and you know, you're dealing with people that you see on the TV or on the radio, you are like, you know what, I just want, I just want to make sure that, that, that I'm not failing on my end. Yeah. Yeah. That's another aspect of the job of booking is there's so much pressure because if, if it just doesn't go good, it's all your fault. Yeah. But sometimes if it goes great, yeah, yeah. you don't get the <laughs> credit yeah, you yeah. deserve. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, hey, I'm the one that signed the contract. <laughs> you be yeah. thanking me. Right. <laughs> it's kind of a, it can be a thankless job too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Be, being behind the scenes and stuff. But, uh, but it, it is a good sense of, of uh, it's, it's rewarding in that you, you see this come together and you see it successfully. And even if you're not, 
you know, this isn't a, a multi-billion dollar, you know, business, but it, you get the satisfaction and it's, it's very self, self-gratifying when you see something you, you put together, come together and go off. It's just really makes you feel good. Yeah. I mean, I mean, well, I mean, when you, when you, when you start off the year and, and you're trying to figure out what you're going to do, do for that year and start, you know, start creating those seeds and, and watching them grow throughout the year during the planning stages, the, you know, the, the planning and the execution. I mean, it, it is it is rewarding, and you know, I, I I try and remind people that you know this is all this stuff is. So first off, we're volunteers; we're not getting paid for this. So um, so everything that 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 I'm doing is to hopefully make the the festival a success and bring attention and bring bring something positive to our our town. I mean, you know, Amory's a, a small town on the on the the map in the United States and if we can you know paint it in a in a good light and and bring people bring people to us to see what we have to offer I mean I, I mean absolutely it, yeah, it, makes, another, it makes it worth it that's another thing like I, I don't travel as much as I used to with mm-hmm. the band but we used to do a lot of you know touring mm-hmm. I'm using quote fingers because we do we did weekend yeah. tours but uh, when I would say where we're from the, the people that recognized it would recognize it because of the railroad festival. Yeah. They'd be like, oh, that's where they do that, yeah. that festival, yeah. the railroad festival. I'm yeah. like, yep. But otherwise, I would just say Tupelo because they they would look at me yeah. blank when yeah. I said Amory. Yeah. But the ones that did, like I said, the ones that did recognize mm-hmm. Amory is because of the festival. So it's cool to be a part of that. You know? and I, I, I can't believe that you've gotten blank stares when you said you were from Amory. I mean, I, <laughs> Armory, Armory. Do you say you're from yeah. Armory? Ar- Armory, yeah. Do y'all have restaurants and stuff? Yeah. yeah. Yep, we've got paved roads. we got running water. It's crazy. People in Tupelo look at us like we're crazy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where's that at? Yeah. Yeah. Well, man, uh, I don't want to hold you up anymore. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. glad you stopped by, and mm-hmm. we, get, we get to talk. I, we got a we got a meeting next week. Yeah, we've got a meet, we've got a meeting sometime this week. Uh, that up yet. I, I, have, I haven't firmed up that date, but yes. Oh, cool. We'll have one. Well, uh, do you have any any else thing you want to plug before you go? Oh, oh, yeah. Well, I just appreciate you having me on here, and absolutely. Um, like I said, we've been we've been set up here at the Tupelo Con with uh, Deadbolt Escape Rooms and uh, the Deadbolt Mystery Society, and. Um, you know, those things are just going really well for us over the last few years, and we we've got some we, we've got some very exciting things in store if they come to fruition. Um, and uh, both those things can be you can find us deadboltescaperooms.com and deadbolt the deadbolt mystery society.com. And uh, you know, fingers fingers crossed that those things happen because those those could be some real uh, some real game changers for us. Um, so you just yeah, thanks for. Thanks for having me on here. Absolutely, man. We'll uh, we'll tag you and everything in it okay. whenever it comes out. Like I said, this this will be. I well, always split up into at least two episodes because there's so much yeah. in, at the con, and we'll do like day one, and then sure. this will be a part of day two. Like Maybe we did. Did we do three on Tupelo uh, Horror Con? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. Well, I'll tag you in it when it comes out. And stuff. All right. Sounds Thanks good, man. Thank you, man. Absolutely. Appreciate it. And I'll see you this week sometime. Yeah. <laughs> we figured that out. Yeah. All right. We are here with Brother John. Greetings, programs. We're back for round two. Is this, three. is this three, four? Hell, I don't know. I've, I talk to you guys quite a bit, man. Yeah, just it's about every time, time you come down. Yeah, man. Is, am I the one guy that will talk to you guys? Is that what you're trying to say? Like nobody else wanted to say hello? No. Oh, okay. We, we like talking. Oh, okay. Right. Hey, I'm Brother John. I'm people who knows people. How's everything been going? It's going good, man. How about you guys? You guys still staying on it? Yeah? Staying busy. Like, trying to. Like a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest. I wish we were that busy. Yeah, I, I wish I was not that busy. So what have you got going on now? I uh, got a audio book I'm recording right now. I've got a pilot for a cartoon. I've, there's all kinds of crazy stuff going around. 
What kind of, uh, what audio book? Uh, Frankenstein, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Really? With Jump Master Press, yes. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, it'll be cool. So everybody go out and buy that audio book so I can get my three cents worth. <laughs> I will definitely get it. I love audio books. Yeah. No, no, it's a good company. Very cool. Very cool. I'm very excited for people to hear that. I've never gotten to do any voice acting stuff, so it's a, it's a first. Yeah. How did you come about that? Did it offer to you? Yeah, yeah. Gene Rowley and uh, Kyle Hanna are both authors, and they have put together a really cool little company, and they're, uh, they're going to hook us up. And uh, they said, hey, you should read Frankenstein. And uh, reading really old English is very, very difficult, I found. <laughs> <laughs> There's no F words in it, uh, no GDs, uh, you know, but no, we're going to get through it. It's going to be good. Should be out sometime before the fall. Right, nice. I was late to the party. What was the name of it? Uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Nice. Yes. Awesome. You hoping this is going to open up more audiobooks? Yes. Or? Yes. That's why I can use my soothing voice <laughs> for all the ladies. The Barry White voice. I base all my audiobooks based on the, the narrator that reads it. Like some like. Yes. Like, like, right. Like, yeah. Like, my favorite. Like audio books, like R.C. Bray, he does The Martian and stuff like right. that. He's amazing and stuff. I'll base a lot of my books that I listen to on audio right. on the. So you're saying book. you don't have any excuse to not buy one? Uh, right. Right. <laughs> 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 you had a good uh, deep voice, so I'm yeah. surprised you haven't done a lot more voice acting uh, stuff. And audio. You know, man, as much as I do this stuff, it's I've had it come up a lot of times, but nobody wants to pay you for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. It's, I, I wanna, but it's easy work too, isn't it? Uh, it is easy work. I'd be a great voice actor. I want to be Hank Hill. Another thing well, is... Tell you all awesome. what, <laughs> what, tell you, what, Damn it, Bobby. Yeah, wait, wait. wait. Uh, well, I'll tell you all what. You need to real listen to the Real Pop Culture Podcast. It's <laughs> better than awesome. propane and propane regulators. <laughs> Damn it, Bobby. But you Damn know, it, even, Bobby. Though you, even though you're from the southeast too, you don't you right. don't have like a, a draw. You don't have a I don't. An accent. Ben, I'm actually from the north. I'm a Yankee, but I've just been living here long enough, and it's where I keep all my stuff. So you know, <laughs> that's what counts. Yeah, that's it. Like uh, I've moved a lot when I was a kid, and I've been in Birmingham for 27 years, and I'm not going anywhere anymore. I'm tired of this stuff. Once you get used to the minute, I know the difference between the that. town of two Denny's, man. It's like <laughs> let's not go to that one. Let's go to the other side of town to the good one. You know. <laughs> Everybody's laughing because we all have that wife at home or girlfriend. It's like, I don't want to go there. I want the good ice. Let's go to this Wendy's. <laughs> it's 10 miles further. It's friggin' ice. Yeah, so is it cold? Yeah, then it doesn't matter. Yes, it does. <laughs> I went good ice. Do you guys know good ice? Is that right. like a thing that comes out? The uh, little yes. pellety ice, I I've guess? Heard it, yes. <laughs> it looks like it. little rabbit poop size ice. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't get it either. <laughs> You've been doing a lot of traveling? Oh, yeah. I'm tired of it. <laughs> a lot of travel for work? Yes, yeah. Lots of cons and lots of... Hey, look at that. You had Bill Mosley on there. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, during the horror con. Yeah. That was really cool. I think that's the first time I met you guys. Yeah, well, yeah, Michael Berryman was at that one, too. He was uh, a gentleman and a scholar, if you will. He was, he was one of the nicest cool. guys I've ever met. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Do you want Michael? Yeah, Berryman. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I was so bummed out he didn't have a next generation picture for sale. I was like, come on, man, where's the Star Trek? Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, do you think people would buy it? I'm like, hell yes, we would. Are you kidding me? The guy, hey, the hills didn't have eyes all day long, man. But, like, that was cool. Star Trek season one. <laughs> I just remembered something. When we met you at HeartCon, the air conditioner wasn't working well. Oh, and it yeah. was hot. And we, we decided we were going to start a punk band called Swamp Ass from HorrorCon. Right, right, right. <laughs> I had a great band name, but nobody will ever join it with me. Uh, my punk rock band name was going to be Buster Hyman and the Penetrators. Yeah, I think you, I think <laughs> yeah, right. you said that on that episode. Yeah, that yeah. was my. That's going to be the punk band right there. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> and you're all going to hell because you laughed at it. <laughs> Hey, that's yeah. what sends us to hell. That's, yeah, I've done far worse, believe me. Right, right. 
So if you got anything new in the works, maybe wise that you can Getting share to, with us? No. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> well, no, no, no. We see you about once a year, so let's just go through from last year to now the stuff that's out that sure. you can tell us. Obviously, uh, there was Jumanji at Christmas, the new Jumanji movie. I worked on that. Uh, DC. What'd you do on that? I was a school teacher again. I haven't even seen the movie, to be honest with I've you. I've seen it. Is it good? Yeah. Do you dig it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was it good. good. I, I didn't remember a school teacher, but uh, I'll go back and I don't even know if now. I made the cut, to be honest with you, so we'll see. Uh, Godzilla, King work? of the Monsters yeah, came out. How do you out. find out? You don't know until you see the movie? go to this movie's theater, and when somebody screams, hey, look, there's John, and you put your head down in shame and pretend <laughs> like you didn't notice it. <laughs> or has there been a time where you thought you were cut, but you just didn't? Yeah, yeah, that somebody, happens, too. Somebody said, well, no, 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 there you were right there. Right, right. No, that has happened. Shoot everything out of sync, which you may not know where well, in the yeah, movie that's you're it, show that's up. That's it. Uh, and sometimes you do a movie or a TV. TV's not nearly as often, but with a movie like Godzilla, we saw a shot that in like 2017. It didn't come out until last year, so you kind of put it out of your head for a year. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh, hey, yeah, I remember that. That's awesome. That's on my to watch list right now. Yeah, well, did you not see King of the Monsters? Not yet. No plot, no story. It's awesome. <laughs> it's just giant it. kaiju big battle. That's all I, you want. You want you you I, I saw it. I was actually afraid it was going to be too busy, but they pulled it off. Do you not love what they did with my Mothra, though, I mean, no. is that like the coolest thing ever? No, you take like no. a B or C list villain in Godzilla and make her like an A lister. I mean, yeah, that was awesome. Good stuff. Go watch it. It's a great movie. Yeah, Giant I, I really ass robots and, and monsters sell me every time. Take my money. Yep. <laughs> take my money. I'm in. But uh, yeah, let's see. We did an episode of DC Doom Patrol. That was pretty cool. Uh, now, have you have season? you been back? Season one. I think it was episode ten. I haven't seen it again though. I haven't seen it yet. I bought the DVDs at Walmart the other day, though. I've got them. I just have You know, it looks like they give you a free copy of everything you've been in. You would think, but no, they don't. <laughs> That's the least they could do. At least oh. the DVD, not the Blu-ray. You're right. But the DVD. Yeah, something like a pirate <laughs> copy, like a screener or something. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It, you know, it, it, again, you love, but you do a lot of stuff and you forget about it until somebody, like, messages me on Facebook and like, hey, were you in, like, Diary of a Wimpy Kid? I'm like, yeah, I was. <laughs> yeah. Did you see me in that? And they're like, yeah, it was awesome. I'm like, hell yeah. Rock and roll. Thank you. I'll have to go check it out. <laughs> I used to hear stories about Harrison Ford and some of these guys like, I never watch my own movies, you know. And I was like, how can you say that? You were in Star Wars, for God's sake. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then you were in not a watch Star Wars? Yeah, yeah. And then you do, like, a Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and you were there for a while, and you kind of know what's up. And you were on the set, so it's like, yeah, you don't really watch them anymore. I watched a few. I haven't watched Guardians of the Galaxy 2, I think, in probably two years. We watched it the other night. It's a great movie. Yeah. I just, it's... I'm like, wow, there's a new episode of Picard on, though. I could watch my shit. Oh, what do you think about that? It's really awesome. good. Uh, I am a diehard Trekkie, and I'm going to go ahead and tell you, all of your audience, it's better than Mandalorian. I said it. Wow. <laughs> Boom. There you go. It's a bold statement, yeah, I know. They're both so good, killer, it's hard man. to say for me, but it's Mandalorian really good. Mandalorian was the shit. It's Don't really get me wrong. I, yeah. I, that show was awesome, and season two is going to be good. But Picard is smoking them. <laughs> I've watched up to episode six so far, so you I'm just blown away. So you got to where seven turned yes. up. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah. For all the people listening to this, I won't spoil, spoil it anymore. <laughs> well, everybody, I think, knows that seven and nine turns up in the trailers. Yeah. and. Yeah, that's on that was on the commercial. Yeah, yeah. There's so a, it's not, but boy, when she gets there, it's the shit. Ooh, yes, oh, it indeed. Yeah, it was really good. And she's still smoking hot. That's oh, the man, last yeah. episode she's, I saw. I'm two behind now. Because that was episode five, wasn't it? When she I showed think up, five or six. She showed yeah. up in five, and then it got really good in six. The Fenris Rangers. So yeah, and then the last week's episode was like a mind blower. That was all. I can't wait for this week's episode because that looked really dope. They always give you that little trailer, right? You yeah, know, right at the end. Right at the end. Yeah, and I'm like, holy shit, they're not doing that, are they? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> what Star role did, the house all day? What role have you played that you most hope you get to revisit? 
uh, Stranger Things. That would be cool. Nice. I hope they bring back the uh, another man character, that, that guy from Season 2. I survived, I know that. But uh, we'll see what happens. That'd be cool. The Guardians of the Galaxy like, thing is really cool. Yeah, but I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy is really that's cool. It's a big but universe. Can, they may need some more tall some more freaks of, of nature. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's just it. They could just—they've got a head cast of me, so maybe they'll use me and well, make me a different alien. Uh, I got killed multiple times in that movie. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> but I mean, it was like generic <laughs> alien deaths. You know what I mean? It's just, there was a couple of them I didn't even film those. I was just like, hey, look at that! They're falling to my death again. <laughs> They CGI'd you. <laughs> I CGI died. They ain't that a bitch. Like I can't even. <laughs> that was a whole new level lo <laughs> for what do you call the game? Fine Brother John. Uh, yeah, the yeah. Where's Brother John? Yeah, it's like Waldo, but that more takes me. It, it takes it to another level when there's there's yous that aren't you. Yeah, right. And I, it, it's even better when I can play the game. Like hey, I didn't even know that. That one. Exactly. That's awesome. Guys, I'm like the Sean Bean of Birmingham, Alabama. This is great. <laughs> Somebody needs to title uh, Sean Bean and be the guy who killed the most on screen. I'll take it. There's a steady paycheck involved, right? <laughs> At least it keeps your name in the, in the, in the headlines. Yeah, it's the Winston Zedmore theory. If there's a steady paycheck involved, I'll believe in anything you like. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you are you still able to get work? Like kind of. Well, I say at home, Atlanta it was is almost at home because it was southeast. But right. are you or are you having to travel a lot? Just to uh, a little. Uh, surprising, a lot of stuff's coming to Alabama now. With really, the workload is spilling over out of Atlanta. They can't handle it all anymore. Yeah. So the, these projects are starting to try and trickle over to my side of the woods, which is great because yeah. I love not getting up at two a.m. and driving into Atlanta <laughs> to be there by five. It's or great. jumping on an airport. Right. Have you had to go out to Hollywood? No, I still have never been there. One you want to, days. or are you glad? No, a little of both. <laughs> a little of both, yeah. I, I'm not a huge crowds guy. I mean, I can deal with, like, a little Comic-Con or something, but, yeah, it's especially with all the, like, terror diseases going around now. I guess. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think one of the guests from here had to cancel because yeah, of the coronavirus Yeah, that's what they told thing. me, yeah. And I don't blame him if I was older, and, yeah, it's, it's certainly uh, attacking the elderly and the, and, the old, and the younger people, so. Yeah, they just announced, I think today, you were telling me, yeah, the first in case in Memphis. Yes. Oh, That's wow. Getting, okay. It's getting close. Yeah. Getting close. Yeah. Getting closer all the time. I just know all the Walmarts have no hand sanitizer or bleach. Well, I've seen they were getting in fights for toilet paper in Australia. Yeah. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't they just buy a bidet? I couldn't have been in, like, Dances uh, with Wolves. If they would have found me, it would have been, like, wipes with leaves or something. Wipes with a pine cone. <laughs> There'll be no wolf dancing for me. As far as your acting bucket list, right. I'm, I'm sure you've gotten to do some huge check marks. Sure. What's what's a couple of them that are, are really, like, you're chasing after that you, you, you want to check off? My giant frame and my receding hairline are begging to be a Klingon, I think. Oh, that'd be <laughs> awesome. I think that would be really cool, because I'm like 6'8", so yeah, I think... And if you, you may got, not have the skin tone for it, but they could fix that. Yeah, yeah, they, <laughs> movie magic, yes. I'm all soul where it counts. Yeah, but but uh, Klingon would be dope. Uh, I think I should be the tall man in a Phantasm remake. Oh, sweet. Yes. A younger prequel version. Yeah, how about maybe. the Slender Man? He's like really tall. Slender Man, well, that's been done. I think he's played yeah. out already. There, nobody's dying for Slender Man anymore, yeah. so... <laughs> I think that's kind of sad. Right, right. But yeah, being a, killed in a Jason Voorhees movie, that would be pretty dope. Right. Don't care what it is. I just want to be like the like overweight, like fat guy eating a banana on the side of the road die. You know? <laughs> you know didn't even do shit. Didn't have any drugs or sex died. or anything. He, I was just eating a banana, minding my own business, yeah. and I get a spear through the back of the head. That would be pretty. <laughs> I would be content with that. Or uh, Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, 
I did Marvel. I did DC now, officially. You know, DC Doom Patrol. It was small, but it counts. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, just... That'd be cool. A horror villain. Yeah, Klingons. To, you know, if I could be like a couch on the Millennium Falcon, I'd be down for that. Uh, <laughs> if, you know, all if the fanboy bases are getting covered. If you got like a really good offer for, for a role that you just didn't want to turn down and you had to either A, gain a whole bunch of weight for it or B, <laughs> lose a whole bunch of weight for it, which one would you rather do? I'd rather lose a whole bunch of weight. You'd rather lose a whole bunch? Yeah, it isn't hard for me, man. I can usually like fluctuate 20 pounds either direction. So Have you had to put on or lose weight for a role yet? Not really. I had to stay kind of skinny for Guardians too, but again, that's more of like they have a wardrobe set for you for the next yeah. couple of months, so it's like, you know, you want to Well, yeah, they able. casted probably a portion of your body. No, they didn't do that. They just did from my, like, neck up, you know, but because uh, that was the only part that was offensive on screen. They wanted to make sure they covered <laughs> that. Uh, James was very specific. James Gunn wanted to make sure nobody knows it's that hideous fucking chud of a human being. <laughs> right. Uh, no, but, uh, yeah, I think it'd be easy. I, I actually just didn't even try to lose weight on Guardians. I just lost a lot of weight because I was eating smoothies and stuff every day. It just <laughs> you couldn't eat when they put the teeth in. It was just you're oh, done. Oh yeah, I could imagine. I, didn't think I tried that. it on the first day of shooting, and I had like rice going down into my chin for like the rest of the day. And you could just oh. feel it moving around. You can't do anything about it. And where were you when y'all shot the Atlanta? Oh wow! Yeah, it's all uh, uh, Fayetteville, Georgia. What time was it? Hot? No, it was February when we started, so oh, I was okay. actually comfortable because it was freezing ass out cold outside, yeah. and you know we're in layers of latex, so it worked. Could you out. imagine doing that in August? <laughs> I'd still do it in August. <laughs> that that movie was so much fun, man! Like you could have told me to jump off the side of the soundstage and you know, head first into the parking lot, and I would have been like, "Oh yeah, let's try it." You know. So was there was there days where you had to go through the makeup and? They necessarily they, like they didn't even need you like you did for over the internet some days. Well, there's always that hurry up and wait thing. You'll hear yeah. that a lot of actors say that. It's yeah. hurry up and wait. You had to be ready to go at 6 a.m. and you may not even do anything until noon. You just kind of hang out in a holding area or play cards or smoke a lot of cigarettes out back or just you know play frisbee something. Yeah, but, you uh, know. I'm in a rock band, and the reason that we're all borderline alcoholics is because of the hurry up and wait. Hurry up and wait. It's oh, like, well, I need you're you going here on in five minutes, man, and then <laughs> yeah. three hours later, we're going to need you ready to go. Or no, though. we need you to load in at 5 p.m., and you're playing at 11. Right. <laughs> well, what am I going to do for five hours? Well, become you can drink all you want. What? Be a Yeah. That's exactly why we drink so much. We're bored. <laughs> well, guys, I am going to hit the highway. Yeah, so. you got a – well, not too long of a trip, but you, yeah, you definitely have a – trip. Still trying to get home before the sun goes down. I'm not great at driving at night anymore. So, yeah. yeah. It sucks getting old. That definitely is not fun. I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> I don't want to be old anymore. Dealt with this nonsense. <laughs> well, we definitely appreciate you uh, stopping by. Yes. Do you have anything you want to plug for you leave other than the audiobook? Uh, yes, for my hair. Uh, I would love plugs here, uh, but don't take the hair off the crack of my ass because that's probably not safe. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> Guys, real uh, pop culture podcast. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's Absolutely, always fun man. hanging out with it's you. It's always good to catch up with you. Yeah, but hopefully I'll have something good to talk about next time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're you're like the only regular that we're used to. You know, is that like really? The, yeah. Well, I guess that it's here uh, this this time. I am kind of flattered because I was like, uh, could I really go to Tupelo a third time? Oh yeah, you, you seem I still to do be great busy every though, time, yeah. man. People always. Hey. Like there's a certain circle of people you get used to seeing, sure. and like you're you're like the only one this year because like. Uh, uh, John and Lynn, they they were off somewhere somewhere else, and uh, they're like you were like the only one that we're familiar with. It's kind of a regular when we come to TupeloCon. That's cool. But yeah, I hope you do it next year too. All right, hey, let them know. Come out and see us, TupeloCon 2021. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll see be safe. Have a good one. Be safe, guys.
Oh, be careful. Oh yeah, absolutely.